All right, you want to do a show? Yeah, let's do a show. Ah, I'm tripping over. You want to stop changing the uh, too many wires? Uh, show. Let's just do it. Just oh, now it goes off the iPad. No, that's always. You just notice that now? I don't know. I've been doing that for. I'm sitting at a different angle. No, I just I keep I, ch- I rearrange the room. Yeah. Just I got. I, mean, I have a disease. You move one table. Is it a disease other. or disorder? It could be both, depending on what it, you're talking about. <laughs> You just can't say that, though, and be like, I have a disease disorder. Sure enough. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. This is great news. Sorry if I'm uh, a little weird. I haven't had anything to eat this morning, and I've just been drinking coffee. Uh, you have a tumbler disorder, I think, is what's happening here. Dude, remember when I dropped this thing? We needed, We didn't talk about that. Last week, I dropped a full uh, travel mug full of coffee on the basically right next to the soundboard and the mixing board and the computer and not a drop spilled out because my Starbucks travel mug that was given to me my, for my birthday by my soon-to-be sister-in-law's mom uh, worked like a champ. So is that a commercial for Starbucks or your sister-in-law's mom? That's a commercial for my sister-in-law's mom. Okay. She's a wonderful human being. Right. She didn't have to get me a gift and she did. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous brought to you by John's sister-in-law's mom, Margaret. Nope. Becky. Nope. Becky. Now, that's still a, a modern name. Yeah. So she had a pretty modern name for a mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does that mean? Oh, it's not Mildred or like Gerda or right. Gerd like, or Bertha or something like that. Like, yeah. like my mom knows that there's probably not a lot of Ediths anymore. Huh. Right. That's a, Wait, that's your mom's a mom. name is Edith? Yeah. Don't, oh. don't, don't. I saw. Yeah, that's right. You drink out of the tumbler, so <laughs> Wait, you hold what? yourself from laughing. I'm not laughing. I would just, Edith was, I just, all. Every, Edith is a very mom. It's a mom name. And every time I hear it, I hear Carol O'Connor screaming Edith. Oh, right. Okay. Really, oh, that's where you're coming from. Yeah, there's that. absolutely no way you can say Edith without thinking of Edith Bunker. Fair and, enough. Unless you don't know Archie Bunker, and then I'm sad for you. But Hey, by the way, um, you uh, released some, uh, a video, and you've got a new little video series. You should, you oh, should talk should about that. Just yeah, of course, because it's funny. Um, the, uh, we, we released a video, uh, me and Eddie Pence... Uh, it's called Danny and Donnie Go on a Road Trip. There will be a series of them. Uh, I have a, a joke where I talk about names and how you shouldn't judge people based on a name, but when I do it, I'm never wrong. Then I tell a story about how I was at a party, and I'm and these two guys were showing up, and this my buddy told me their names before they got there. I'd never met them. One guy's name was Danny, and I assumed he was like a solid guy, probably owned a roofing business, drove a new truck. And then, uh, you know, had a wife, twin daughters, was super, he was like best man at your wedding, you know? And then the other guy showing up was named Donnie, and I immediately said, well, fuck Donnie. Donnie sounds like he owes me 80 bucks. Donnie tried to finger my sister in high school, like, Donnie is is a turd. And these guys showed up, and they matched the descriptions perfectly. (laughs) So I was like, oh, wow, I guess, interesting, I I nailed it. So the, the whole series is basically about not being, just try not to be a Donnie. Like, Danny's a good guy, always trying to do the right thing. But his only real problem in life is his friendship with Donnie. And the whole thing, the, the videos are real quick. They're like less than two minutes. And they're shot from Danny's point of view. So yeah. it's all first person, like Danny and everything he sees. And uh, they're pretty, like they get funnier. The first one we did kind of uh, like real quick and didn't really think too much about it. Eddie had to do some stuff in editing. But I think the next ones we shot specifically as Danny and Donnie, and I think they really, they really work, and they're funny. And, I, and you can, they're just going to be released online. They're and I think it, you, we, you posted one on Hollywood Anonymous's Facebook page, so it is there. I don't know if, yeah. you, twi- I don't know if you tweeted it out. I did. I tweeted it out. Well, I put we, it on we all should the... repost all the stuff as well, now that we've talked about it as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think most people that listen to the show have probably seen the video, though. Eh, 
But Never assume. No, you're right. You're right. That makes an ass of you and... Dude, have you, did you watch Shit's Creek? No, what is that? Oh, my God. It's hilarious. It's I, I, Eugene wanna, Levy and his son where, created where is this the, I've heard of it. Where is it? It's on a channel called Pop TV. Okay. Well, uh, you have a direct TV. You have it. Okay. Um, but they air the se- they'll air the whole season first in Canada, and then it'll come down here on Pop and air. So it is. it airs... Twice, what is Pop TV? There's too many TV stations now. Oh my God, Grandpa Irwin! Yeah. Ooh, there's too I many told you buttons last on week. my phone. So I, when I'm visiting Let's get you, my a par- cricket remote. No, but when I was visiting my parents, and I can't remember if we talked about this on or off uh, air, but like when I was visiting my parents, there's this channel called Decades. <laughs> I've never seen. There's so yeah, many channels. Like there's Me TV, which I was familiar with. I think that shows up on Basic Cable, and uh, my parents get rid of cable, so they just, just have the have- digital um, antenna. Ah, so you, so one. Oh of, well, that stuff is yeah. Me, Ion. Yes. Yeah. There's like three my, or four things you get that show like Lone Ranger. Yes. Cisco Kid. So part of it was like cool. You know, as a kid growing up, you see all the uh, reruns and stuff like that. But they, you know, like me, TV plays like Chips and Emergency, and yeah. I get excited. But then I feel horrible about myself because obviously I'm dying or I'm too old to be in there because all the commercials are just miserably old people type of stuff yeah, whether they're it's not, just like do you think kids you to, don't have cable like there's no they have to focus on the people that are watching those stations I, which are but people it's me too i don't TV. need a mesh for my bladder i don't have don't a, you i'm really and I, and I know that obviously you know you know quincy has uh the mezzo God, my dad we gotta t- talk to him because i know there's quincy no, 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 no. Actually, Quincy Jones. Oh, our guest, Quincy I thought you Jones. meant the show Quincy with Jack Klugman. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. But that event, my which, dad loved that show. I was watching that one on Netflix World, but I'm sure that's on MeTV too. But you know, yeah. but like all these channels are constantly playing those mesothelioma. And it's just like it's it's if but you're, it's, it's like but Quincy said that it was it's geared towards seventy year old men. Yeah, that cancer is something for guys who've been working in mines or been right. around asbestos. So the fact that he got it at age twenty something. He was like, dude, this doesn't make any sense. Which we need to check in with him because I've been kind of following some of his posts. I know he's been doing some he's, stuff. He's, and been he's, been, he's, he's been doing better. He's been doing better. better. He's been getting some, some sorts, different types of treatment and stuff he like had that. A so surgery we have to follow too. He but, said he'd do a call in for sure. Yeah. But yeah. my point is, like, you know, it's just all, it's all sadness. All the commercials are sadness. There's absolutely no. The, the, the commercials, what I was saying to you is that why can't they just play the commercials they played when those shows were on? Because it was like, well, again, they were just all happy. You can't go buy Booberry and Frankenberry anymore. But, and but like, I feel better. I feel happy. Yes. No, I just feel sad. Of course you do, I'm like, oh, this just... is a great episode. Now I'm sad. Oh, this is a great episode. Now I'm sad. If Wheaties wanted to like take it back to the 50s and, and start running like, have you tried Wheaties? <laughs> that whole wheat throughout the land. That might make you feel a little better, but... Just saying. Are you going to go buy Wheaties? I mean, the idea of advertising is to... Anyway, I still do believe there's just too many channels and I can't keep up with it anymore. I've already moved to kind of... Tw- I, haven't, I haven't dabbled in the Hulu, but I've got the Netflix, I've got the Amazons, I've got the HBO's goes. I've got all those things. And I, I think haven't. a true sign of your age is when you put the word the in front of all those things. <laughs> I just came back from Wisconsin. You can't Yeah, where everybody's like, hey, you got the Hulu out there in LA? How's that working out? Oh, well, you know, the Hulus. Heard you guys are putting races it's in your the, cereal. What's that? The, What's going on there? You got to put the and an S on the end. But in Wisconsin, it's because everything should kind of flow with the Packers. So it should be the Hulus the and Hulus, the Packers. The Hulus are the Packers on the Hulus? The Packers have the Packers on the Hulus on the internets? Oh, guys, we have a great show today. Really excited. Um... I would go as far as to say an inspiration. I would. I would. Because... I think he agrees based on that laughter. <laughs> because, because he would... I mean, you would... Uh, guys, our guest today is, uh, I will just say, comedic actor, but also actor. We'll just say actor because you've done some... 
some sp- very 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 moving stuff. Well, just yeah, I w- that's what I was going to say. It was moving. Uh, our our guest today, Bob Clendenin, guys, uh, who would you would recognize from that '70s show, Cougar Town, um, Ten Items or Less, Quick Draw, which is on the Hulu's, the Hulu's, and doing quite done well. Done the Hulu's, done the Hulu's, Scrubs, Scrubs. Oh yeah, 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 Scrubs, and then like literally. Probably every television show that's aired that has had an aud- a viewing audience for the last five, six, seven years. Not ro- um, Rock of Love, the Brett Michaels one. I okay, never did that. the only show he <laughs> hasn't been in is Rock of did Love. Did you try to get on it? Did I you sh- even submit a tape? I, I submit. I put. I put so much stuff in their face, and they you know what it out. was. You actually have more hair than Brett Michaels, and he was jealous. That bandana's never coming off, it, is it? It can't. It can't because it's like a Wizzo wig under there from Bozo. I don't remember Wizzo. He had the... But one thing I do want to bring up, because we kind of talked about this outside. I mean, I couldn't live... I'm, I'm very adjacent to Hollywood. And it's funny that you, as soon as I saw you, you had been at a birthday party across the street. Three doors down. At my house. That's crazy. Which yeah. is weird because this neighborhood... This is a great neighborhood, though. It is a, a great really, neighborhood. It's a very cool, very... This is inside. And well this is and this is a very old neighborhood. This was one yeah. of those neighborhoods that was built by people who kind of was just like bank tellers and worked in the insurance business. This was not ever considered right. where if you Hollywood. were working in the system, even if you were just like a PA or not a PA, but like a production or coordinator or somebody like that, you you didn't even this is this would have been classified as too yeah. far outside. Yeah. Right? You either worked in Pasadena or downtown. Right. And it's changed so much since then because almost everybody in the neighborhood's been on the show, and even people that have been to the homes in the neighborhood outside of mine have now officially, yeah, thanks to you, this been on the has show. Lent us to a lot of guests. <laughs> this it's, neighbor, but this is one of those neighborhoods that's so cool; it doesn't care about its coolness. Like it's it's like it's beyond the neighborhood neighborhood. You know, it's like one of those ones that's not. <laughs> it's kind of like he almost. I'm he following almost insulted you. you. He's like, no, no, it's no, so no. cool that you guys are. You do everything you can to be uncool. Yeah, I would <laughs> agree with that. I'm gonna agree with that. But everybody wants to be in. You know, everybody's talking about hey, we got to be in where Los to Vilas. be. We got to be in Los Feliz. We got to be Silver Lake. Whatever. But then this is like just a little like it's a little undiscovered gem. I would agree. Right I would agree. Down, right down here on York Road is yeah. like on a, on any given night there are like eight bands playing and like I'm it's sure. really nice down. But there. that's Highland Park. See, I'm in Glassell Park. That's kind of what you're like. I'm in the. I'm in between Eagle Rock, Silver Lake, and Highland Park, which were which are all the high demand, Super high. the quote unquote hipster stuff that yeah. you would see constantly posted online about the new hot places to live and all that kind of stuff. We've avoided so smart. Which no, you're it's living, not actually not for not for home values. But other than that, it's, it is the, smart. You're, you're living in the middle of the away, sun. Two years away. We still. I will say that I like the fact because I have I have kids, and so I like the fact that I can I can be part of both worlds. Yeah. Without having to pay too much to be a part of it, because you start getting too far outside the system, you're just you're done. At that point, you keep moving away. You're not coming back in. You know what I mean? Right. It's a day trip for me to drive to West Hollywood, 20 minutes from here. Right. You know, I, I have to. It's a psychological day trip. Yeah, well, that's I mean, the way I look at it. That's how I. What do you think I have to do every time I come over here? But you love the West Hollywood. He does. He lives there. I live right outside. All right. Well. Beachwood and Melrose. You know what? It's the funny Here's thing my about exact it is, it's just it's crowded. That's what be, that has become to me. I, as soon as I start getting in there, it's more beautiful, like people wise, but it's so <laughs> crowded people too. Wise, yeah, but everything yeah. else, like oh, it's a good looking group. It's a good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I used to live in Westwood, and I can't, I can't, I get, I get, uh, I hyperventilate if I have to go back there now, just because, not because of the previous experience, but because it's so congested. You can't. Yeah. It, uh, uh, the dry cleaner is a, a forty-five minute trip. Yeah, it's a mile away. Where are you from originally? I grew up in Australia. Okay, all right. And so how long have you been really? out here? 
Uh, since uh, eight, I came to college in 82. Okay. So you've been out here quite a while. I've been here a long time. And I wasn't even Australian. Like, my parents moved there when I was very little. Okay. And I just grew up there. Okay. And so, when 82, you went to school where? Cornell. Okay. So, the, the, I guess I guess the, the, in, in L.A. proper, you've lived how long? Uh, tw- almost 25 years. I almost 25 years. I've been here in 92, years. yeah. And would you agree, though? I mean, we'll, we'll, we're going to bounce around Don't just for a second. Don't make this whole show about property value, please. No, no, no. No, no, no I'm curious. <laughs> I rent, everyone. This is boring no, for me. No. The, what, no, I was going to say was that you you have to... The, we're, we're joking about the traffic thing and the clutter. At some point, you have to get over that. Would you say yeah. that in order, if you want to survive in a big city anywhere, that, that goes for anywhere... In the world, like you have to, that's the one thing psychologically you have to be like, I can either deal with this or I can't. And you either become a shut in or you move out of Dodge, right? That's why people smoke so much pot in their cars. And they do because I smell it all the time. That's oh, the yeah. they do. Absolutely. Just Vaporizer pens. Everyone's just like, I'm just going to listen to Bob Marley smoke this and I can be in traffic. Yeah, I may that. not be able to smell it anymore, but you're not fooling anybody, right? With You have the vape pen in your mouth. Uh, I've traffic. also there's a certain exits where it's always like when you hit that La Brea exit off the 10, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's a dispensary right there. But there's, there's yeah. there might be. And people just feel can't like hold it's off. hard to, to light up at the La Brea. Yeah, as I leave La here and drive closer 10, that way, a, I smell it a lot yeah. more. That's a big mess, La Brea and the 10. Like, I used to live way up La Brea right by Runyon Canyon and just driving up there to go visit Eddie I'm like oh, I just start sweating I'm yeah. like the traffic I can't do it you just became an episode of the Californians there I, My, I believe uh, there's the <laughs> amount of stuff that you do, a lot of streets and stuff that you just listed off to everyone that doesn't know what you're talking about but in general would you agree like if you in order to survive out here all the other shit aside the acting and the auditions and all that kind of stuff if you cannot handle no. traffic and clutter and a lot of people you 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 can't. That's you, why I think there's a three year. There's, there's about a three year window. I think that three year is a big uh, hurdle. Like once you make it past that, you've you've indicated that you're you're uh, able to overlook some of those those big city pushbacks. But you know what else is, uh, point uh, occurs to me is that when I came out here, the same complaints are always happening. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. crap. But now I'm now I've turned into my grandfather and I'm like, well, I wish it was like it was back when I moved, you know, but yeah. it, was, it was exactly the same. <laughs> Probably more small. We're just, we're just, yeah, exactly. There's a <laughs> there's other crap and it was the same. So there's the complaining starts later in life and you forgetting that it's always, it's been always something been to there. Yeah. Yeah. And those complaints have always been there when, but, but coming like, to Cornell even, was that just, where like in Australia we, was it open? We were in a big was, city. No, okay. we lived in Melbourne. Okay, and, uh, okay. So you still had, wh- you why were you there? Grew up with traffic dad, and everything. Yeah, and, my dad was a, cons- a business consultant, and they were opening some offices, and they wanted him to, and they fell in love with it and decided to stay instead of coming back. That's to San awesome. Francisco. And so, and is it a big, big city? Would it's you big, say it's like, like so the second biggest tr- city? It's like uh, it's kind of like a combination of San Francisco and Boston. Okay, so yeah, very so conservative, but a lot of redheads. A lot of redheads. They tend <laughs> to move to those Boston? conservative cities. Oh, oh okay. I thought, okay, good. No, we have a very large Greek population. Really? The second largest outside of Athens. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Great heroes. And Greek how long were you there? Australia. Uh, ten years. Ten years. And okay. then my mother continued to live there. My father passed. but uh, So I go, I, I've been back. I went back when I was in college. I'd go back every you know, summer. And so your mom's still there? She spends, splits her time because my brother and I are both here, so she ah. splits her time about half so and half. Just you and a brother? Yeah. Okay. And you, did you end up getting dual citizenship ever or not? I had it, and then I let it expire like a dickhead. I just like. Uh, what would the benefits have been if you kept it? Like I, I, I know, like Ian Bag was somebody that was on our show. He was he went through this whole process of getting dual citizenship, yeah. and I actually think because his mom's Australian, he can get Australia, Canada, and the United States, so he could have all three if he really wanted to. Which but would be amazing. but I mean, there are some hoops you have working, to jump through. I think you got to jump through a lot, and they've really, really tightened it because they don't want you to. Be, have they don't it. want you yeah. to have it. But you know, the working uh, possibilities, especially with so much stuff shooting there right now would be fabulous okay 
Because yeah, um, if you have a visa, you can, you don't need a visa. You, you can just work there. You just go and when it you wouldn't w- be on a time limit. Hot. It wouldn't be a three month thing. It wouldn't be a six month thing. You know? Right. But obviously, it didn't matter enough to you to let it uh, slip by, huh? No, there were a couple mistakes <laughs> I made in those in those years. <laughs> How long have you not had it? Uh, I guess I let it somewhere around ninety. Okay. It okay. So it's been a while. You were oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I thought it was more of a just recently. You're like, oh, son of a bitch! I yeah, forgot. But like to. in the last 10, 15 years, it would have been really useful. Yeah. Because especially now, I got a family. It's a, it would be a desirable place to live. I would love it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I could really pursue it if I want to, especially with my mother. I Still think there. I mean, yeah. You know, I could probably have a leg up, but. Huh. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And you enjoyed your time there. I loved it. I loved it. It was a great place to grow up. English boarding school, shorts, knee-high socks, little cap. <laughs> so you did you the, wardrobe. Wardrobe. the wardrobe. Yeah, the wardrobe was the... I love the wardrobe. I love the oppression. You had to wear a cap. Corporal punishment. All those Ooh, things were yeah. great. <laughs> they really, really made a Great fine, memories, everybody. Great stuff. They really anime. molded you. It did, yeah. Well, they leave scars for a long time. Uh, but and you were there until you went to college. Until I went to college, yeah. Okay. Did you, what then, did you want to go to college for? Were you immediately like... I was a math science guy, so I went to college really? for engineering. I was an engineer at Cornell. An awful one, but I was... Why? <laughs> I built a bridge. It collapsed. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's very fortunate that I'm not working as an engineer. Uh, but I, that was my brain works like in a very analytical way, and I still think it kind of has hampered my acting a little bit. But uh, I was just I, I love math, I love science, and I thought, well, the engineering seems like a good way to go. And then I did it for a couple of years. I got very restless because engineering, especially Cornell engineering, is very it's very intense. I mean, yeah, it's really, it's got, we got super high suicide rate. And oh, Jesus! It's cold. It's bitter. It's hilly. It's and I, I did a play as a lark because I loved it. And I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought this would be kind of a fun way to meet people. And I wasn't an athlete and stuff. So, and I just fell in love with this sort of theater group, uh, the, the people who were doing it and the, the whole the thing. recognition yeah. and all that stuff. And so I just kind of dabbled, kept my toes dabbled in the water. I finished the engineering degree, but then I went to uh, a grad acting program after that. So there was really nothing chomping at the bit inside of you previous really. to... I mean, I my mother thinks, because she's trying to figure out what the source of my my problems are and so she goes back and <laughs> she points out that like when I was very little I had a hat collection and I would do these characters with each hat represented a different kind of like <laughs> yeah and there was the Boston moving man because we had him um you know the guy who came in and moved our stuff helped us move to Australia or the Bay Area or whatever and so I wanted to be so I had a moving man hat and I had a, you know a cowboy and I had all these these different guys so she thinks maybe well oh if I was really paying attention I would have seen signs back then yeah, you were headed down this horrible path. <laughs> did what? Does your mom consider it a horrible path? Was, no, she's. I, I mean, not now, but uh, no, she likes it. But she's my mother's very. I know she's not as as great as your show is. I have a she's hunch she's not, not going to listen. So I'm gonna say uh, none of our mom. Well, no, his mom does. My mom listens. Yeah, she, she doesn't. She doesn't understand why I don't tell her when I'm on stuff. Because, but I keep pointing out that I will say, okay, mom, hey, so I'm on the show. It's the it's called the seventy show. It's on whatever. Show what, and I'll get a call. And be like. I can understand why I never heard of that show. <laughs> yeah, and then she just shits she on just the shits, show. She shits all over it. Do you always have to play the creepy idiot? I mean, like, I, so I go, and then she goes, why don't you tell me you're on stuff? I go, because, because it's you're sh- deflating my ego. <laughs> why, do you, why do you want me to tell you? So, oh, my God. But she's, I mean, she's proud that I've been able to kind of make a, a run of it, but um, but yeah, it's it's mothers. Would you would you say that? Because uh, my mom always like the first thing I ever got cast in was uh, a school play when I was in like sixth grade. I was like, I got a part in the school play. My mom was like, Oh, great! What is it? I'm like, I'm playing an escaped lunatic, and she was like. Ah, of course you are, you fucking idiot. Better like, than the tree. She, better than the tree. Exactly, yeah, but she loved it. And like the first commercial I booked, that was Humidity, and she was sure. like, you're just a sweaty, this is, you're just typecast. But she was always like, 
they were my both my parents very supportive of the whole of the whole acting thing and yeah. and it's starting to go a little bit better for me at this point but um was that 70s show the first no my first show was uh renegade with uh lorenzo oh my La- god lorenzo, lorenzo lamas. lamas yes what in fact the pi- i believe the pilot of renegade I went down. I was represented by the only agent I could get at the time was a uh, an agency that lived that operated halfway between L.A. and San Diego, and their and their their whole shtick was to take L.A. actors but farm them out as local hires in San Diego because there was all that Stu Siegel stuff was happening in San Diego, Renegade, Silk Stockings. Ah, okay. So what an era! <laughs> all these all these green actors who were willing to make the two and a half hour drive on a daily basis or put themselves out. You know, we could. Yeah. She could help them, and and uh, and that's what, exactly what happened. I wasn't SAG, but she got me this audition for Renegade. I went, I drove down, and said, "Shut up, Hog! Get back in your cell." And what, say and, Hog? Uh, Shut up, Hog! Yeah, Hog was a prisoner, and I was okay. the prison. I was a prison, of, uh, you know, guy on an intercom, and uh, <laughs> and the guy, and the guy's like, "Yo, man, that was really good." Can you come back, <laughs> can you come back tomorrow? Crushed it. <laughs> Crushed it. Just fuck, out of the park. They didn't expect it to be that. So I drove back. Came back the next day. Jet up hog back in your and she could feel the room. Just I mean, just it. yeah. Now uh, here's a, this and is, you knew at that moment. This is a serious knew, question because one line auditions are like the hardest auditions to book. Out of now, did you know that going in? Did you do anything specific that you can remember, or did you do you think your look combined with your voice and you not being a complete asshole that can remember a line? get you the part. I did not make some outrageous choice or right. anything. Like, I think, I totally agree. One, the one-liners are absolutely the, the, the death. They're, they're, of, they're, they're death. The I see them and I'm like, I, I don't know what to do you here. Feel, you feel compelled. I got to do something with this. And so often, you don't, and it's, you just have to kind of accept that it's completely out of your hands. And like you say, it's going to be a look voice and is this yeah. guy a complete can, screw up? Yeah, can you show up and, can you show and, up and yeah. do that again? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a, a couple of times. <laughs> but yeah, you don't know that right. at the moment, right? Because you in, you, it takes so years green, to learn. So green, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you knew, I mean, even though it was the pilot, did you, I mean, Lorenzo Lamas was big. He sure was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, muscular too. <laughs> Just impressive. What, Just, an, what impressive a sturdy Miss Thomas. What an oak of a man. <laughs> I massaged him without his permission. I was so excited to be oh, with him. And uh, I believe Hogg, and I'm forgetting the actor's name, he was on, I remembered him as um, Animal from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, who, he, he, owns a, um, he used to own a restaurant down. Uh, I, speaking of big oak of a man yeah. with a long hair, and he was, uh, do you know the guy no, I'm talking about? I'm going to Google what you guys. Ogre. Ogre. I'm sorry, correct. Ogre uh, from Animal. I don't know his name, uh, from, but you guys uh, keep talking. No, I, I do know exactly who you're talking about. I nerds! Nerds! That's the one. Yeah, that guy. He, <laughs> he was Hogg. So I was, I was surrounded of by course uh, he was, a prisoner. top-level celebrities. That's fa- but, and you and you had seen him before. Sure. And this was when was this? This was this was would have been ninety three. Okay. Something All like right. That. So you say you moved out here in ninety two. Yeah. All right. So yeah. it was about two years of spinning wheels, uh, bad theater, a couple of really bad waiver theater stories, stuff like that. And Back then, near Cornell. No, here. here. No, oh, here. Yeah, here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Did, what was yeah, the move out here? Was was what for you a no brainer at that point? You were like, well, I want to be. I'd in- done. Speaking of bad theater stories, I had done a really humbling uh, children's tour of a play called The Nose to middle schools in Pennsylvania and Ohio, which was which pegged me down so much. After wow. I left grad school thinking I was pretty hot shit and. And, uh, and and because everyone was telling you that they all tell they you that, like, dude, they tell you're you that. great, you're, you're awesome. You know, Everything you're, you do, you kill. You're, you're cast well, and, and you, but you're competing against eight guys.
size. So like, how hard is it? You know, and then you go, uh, yeah. So you think you give you full of yourself, and and uh, I. So this was good in the in the scheme of things. When I look back, I go, that is really good. As horrible as that tour was, I was having rubber bands shot at me. I was Whoa. being taunted as we're, lo- <laughs> we're in a, four guys in a van driving through the snowy Harrisburg. Wow, it's hills. like being it's in like, a punk band or something where you just like. <laughs> Punk bad with no with nothing but middle schoolers. Yeah, just angry <laughs> at you. Um, but it, but it was good. I think ego wise, I needed it, and so after that, I was like, look, I got to go. I got to have a permanent place that we're gonna get mail. It's gonna be, got to be either New York or LA. People were saying, look, you're really got a specific type. You should consider TV and film. And so I figured, all right, LA. I don't sing. I, so New York's kind of out. So and I knew a buddy from undergrad that was here in LA, and I could crash with him. So I mean, at that point in New York, really, you were, if you weren't gonna try to do Broadway, there was no. Th- then why not? So clearly, on your hat collection, you did not have a top hat. You were not a song and dance man. <laughs> no, no, no top hats. No, no top hats. Then you would have known. I would have known. I had a or chance. The, or the little pizza pie. That's the, uh, <laughs> the newspaper the, guy. The, the Luigi, yeah. Newsies. <laughs> Newsies. Uh, so, but, so you make the decision to come out to L.A., though. I mean, a bunch of friends out here. You're a couch crasher. You had no yep. one. Correct. No union. Uh, no rep. Nothing. I mean, a decent. But a, a few de- friends. Like a, de- a couple friends. A decent, halfway decent sort of uh, college theater resume. Like, so I wasn't completely green. Like, so I, your resume wasn't yeah. completely made <laughs> up. How much money did I have? Yeah, I, not we, a lot. But based I, on what you were doing, I'm guessing not a ton. To not a ton, but I did have. I mean, I had a safety net because you did. Uh, like, I could only fall so far. I think before my parents would have stepped in. And oh, right. okay. Like, I think I like I, I had a, a certain level of comfort. That I could have three or four months to get on my feet, find a place and stuff. Like, I wasn't scrambling from jump, um, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Um, Just to have that support and know that you can take that chance and do those things without having to really have that heart attack going on nonstop. That makes a difference. And were you a long-term couch crasher or were you the kind of guy that was like, I need to get my own place? I'm really the same. I'm the latter. I really feel I I need my own space and I feel really uncomfortable when I'm putting other people out. So it was was probably maybe three weeks. So you never had to be asked to go. You were were the guy that guys that that were like, and after two months, they were like, get the fuck off my couch. And it it happens. It's it's, it's a part of the circle because sometimes people get out, you get really excited and and. And when that vacation part of coming to well, visit LA yeah. goes yeah. away, th- you can crash it very hard. Like it can be very depressing for a second. That's the and problem. You don't, yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh my god, I spent all my cash on pizza and beer. And yes. you're like, yeah, yeah dude. Um, well, I live here. I have a job. You need a job. And, and it's and you you're all of a sudden dealing with an instantly depressed person that's just kind of hanging out with you, and they've got that puppy dog look on your face. Like, can you help me? And you're like, I can't I barely can't help anything. myself. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, I mean, it, it happens. You think that uh, you know you. I got to leave all my options open because I'm here to be. I, I'm the, the agents are going to start knocking any day now, yeah, right? Yeah, so I can't. Minute, yeah. I can't be at a nine to five. I mean, it really it is. I understand where that uh, why that's a down. Yeah, very slippery. So, where did you come out though and still do the first couple weeks of like treat it more like a vacation versus what you're doing, or did you come hit the ground running and go? You know what? I really want to. I want to stay here, so I don't care about the whole vacation y vibe. Yeah, that. I was pretty determined. Like I like uh, my buddy was a working at uh, Paramount and so like he had you know he was able to show me around and show me the neighborhoods and stuff but I was pretty eager to like tr- see if this was going to work out or not yeah because this was a big this was a big departure you know if this didn't work out I needed to come up with a with an alternate plan for okay it. that's what I was wondering like what your alternative and were you plan like, would have been better, I hope I get better at engineering or were you that was kind of what I was thinking like what how do I because I don't really have a lot of other skills you and, know? So and that's like, a, a skill that not I mean engineering is 
but I'd been out of it for three years while I was in grad school. So like, I got to go. I got to go. Well, do I do I read? And I remember going to you know some old technical bookstores and going. Maybe I can refamiliarize with myself with some of the stuff. And, yeah. And kind of get, but but that's sort of sad. That guy, that guy, you know, I'm not real hireable at that point from an engineering company's perspective either. Yeah. So you took a couple of years off. Why? Oh, it's going to be an actor. Get out. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see you at the Christmas party when yeah. we hire, when we hire yeah. you. We need, a, we need a magician. Can you do magic? <laughs> like, no, I just yeah. act. All right, well, sorry it didn't work out. Absolutely. We don't need you here, a song and dance man. I'm not a song and dance man. That's why I moved to L.A. I'm not a song and dance man. Now, are both you guys about the same period? Have you both been here since the 90s? Nope. Uh, I got here in 99, the okay. very 2000 end of 99. Okay. Yeah. So basically, we both came around the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you had a full... Uh, I paved the way. Yeah, kind of well, well, but I mean, because you so ninety two, you did Lorenzo Lamas's. Uh, that was about ninety four. Ninety two was, was a couple, couple bad waiver theater plays. That's right. Um, do you remember years. we? This was this may predate you, like drama log. Do you remember drama log? It was a trade paper. You had to go down to like oh, know, the Melrose nude stand, newsstand, yeah. uh, and pick up the weekly drama log. And I had some casting stuff in. It had agency submission information. That you would put a headshot and a thing in an envelope, and right? You'd, and you'd take it to the door and see, ooh, see if you can get on the lot. Like all that stuff, I'm awful at, so I never did that. Okay, you know, I was just like, yeah. But it was such. A, I've had some really interesting conversations with other guys who are kind of my in my like age group about the, the technological transformations and how that's changed the industry. You know, I mean, we didn't have, fax machines hadn't hit, pagers hadn't hit. So like you had to go to the, go to your agent's office to pick up the sides the night before, you know, you'd leave them out and you'd look at other people's envelopes to see who had more stuff in them. <laughs> and like, I mean, it's really like it was, it's a, been a big shift yeah. in the last 25 it's years. Been, you have to do insane. a lot. You probably did a lot more driving around than t- just for basic stuff. Not, kind of driving, not, yeah. not going to auditions, but what you're talking about is just for information I mean, if you purposes. can't, couldn't email sides, if you can't email a headshot, if you can't email, like the, those things, if you have to drop them off physically, that's like, I spent almost all my whole day working on getting that shit out there via online. Yeah. So it's like. To have to then go around door to door and be like, oh, here's my headshot, right, here's yeah. my thing, here's my, like, oh, man. No. Or you had rich friends who could afford messenger services. Oh, well, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. their dads were paying, you know, footing the bill or I whatever. just hire a guy on a bike. He comes by, he grabs it, and he takes it over there. Turns out it's me, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. and, and the time delay, you know, because agents would make submissions, and it would be two days or you know, a, a f- at least a full day before the casting office got back to the agency, and then the agents have to get material to their clients. I mean, yeah. now stuff will turn around in six hours. Yeah. But I'm mad when it doesn't. Like, when are they going to know? Like, right, all right, right, calm down. So, so that being said, like, how do you, other than driving around trying to, you know, make it, if you will, how are you psychologically dealing with all this stuff? Because there's, there's a lot of time, right? More time than usual back then. There's a ton, yeah. To, uh, to accomplish anything. I think that there, there were more... You know, we've had the, this conversation a number of times about whether was it better than or worse than for an actor, and and, and really, I don't think there's a there's a right answer because there was, it was so just much. It was, it was just so different, kind of like yeah. we were discussing earlier. But also back then, it was cable but was kind of new, if you will. Was, it was like new. there was there was only like but you four places had, you could have content. You had almost zero, yeah. You had almost zero opportunities for creating your own stuff, which was a that's a, been another huge shift. But I think on the other hand, like when an agency took you on. They took on. I think they had smaller uh, rosters because their attention was more devoted to individual clients. Now I think a lot of agents, particularly the mid-level and lower, are playing a numbers game. They've got. They can. The more we get, the more we get, and we can do four hundred. 
know, we can put we can put in four hundred clients. It's all a, digital. It's all digital. We can we can just kind of just you know scatter shot. We can shotgun this thing. Whereas before, I I think and I, somebody can correct me if they're if they're even older than I am that like that there was more devoted attention where you had agencies making individual calls about an individual client and they were more you know kind of vested in that individual. Yeah, I and, think. And yeah, for no, you, that, that does sound right though. I mean. <clears throat> No, yeah, go ahead. No, as I say, and for you, you know, after the Lorenzo Lamos experience, and you guys probably became best fest friends, and I'm yeah, sure there's a after you guys went camping yeah, yeah. for like a week yeah, in yeah, Joshua yeah. Tree, Chums. we had an oil Chums. session at one point, which was kind of kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, ninety percent of bodybuilding is just oiling up. Um, where did you where <laughs> Carl where, where did you see most that. of your success? Was it was it TV? Yeah. Was it um, commercial acting? Or where did uh, things there, where, there, when there, you finally went? You know what? I right. think I'm heading in the right direction here. Uh, the, the latter two, like uh, commercially, I hit a couple couple things that got good attention and were um, played fairly heavily. And then around the same time, um, I had a couple like TV co stars that led into other things, and then the guest stars happened after that. Can I ask if the commercial where you had the dog driving the car was one of the commercials you're talking about? No, that was even later because that was oh, like okay. late '90s. There okay. were a couple ones where there was one for uh, Sprint uh, with the. Uh, um, Murphy Brown, Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen was their spokesperson. They played the shit out of that. It was crazy, and, it and was, that was back. Was that still when commercials like paid? Yeah, yeah. So, this, this is way, way. Back. So you were making, you were like, oh my, there's money I mean, to be that, made in this town. Seriously, Sprint paid a year. Yeah, paid for a year. Yeah, for I, sure. and, and well, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and you're not like a boozer, drugger. You don't none of that mm, really. Okay, he's had his time. Yeah, I've had yeah, I've had some some ups and downs. Okay, yeah. Well, I most people like choices. Okay, <laughs> but most people. Oh, of course, you're normal like, then, right? But I just didn't hear the the normal like I moved here and I, I just drank all week and then I realized no. I was out of no, cash. No, I, didn't, and I like, never like woke up in Tijuana, right, right, right. With, you know, with like a donkey Yet. and some blow. And, oh wow, okay, yeah, no, I was still time. Don't not that that's wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing, John. I'm just saying I just never. But it wasn't you. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. Um. But yeah, so there were a couple commercials that were like Sprint, Kenwood Water, a couple like... Kenwood Water, okay. Uh, yeah. A couple things like that. What was the one where and you were like, yes? When the, the first time that you the really sprint, felt the a... Sprint, sprint one, one blew my mind. Murphy okay. Brown was still... I'd worked, for one, I'd worked for about four hours and I kept getting these... Massive crazy checks. checks. It could, I mean, but then again, that was, the, that was the old days where yeah. a single national, heavily run national... Set you up for yeah. a good year or so two people, years. People could was buy that also sometimes. the one that it ran so much that you would start noticing people would be like, would double take yeah. on you? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you And you knew why they were doing it, right? I you, knew why, but... They I, didn't... I still get that, though, uh, quite a bit, where people, like, they know they know my face from some... Because I do have a very odd face. You know, it's like, I just... That's kind of the... I would say I say, memorable. Uh, memorable. Thank you, John. Yeah. You get the sweet words. <laughs> well, that's because I've, I've noticed how they are, pad the language now on all the auditions I go on. Like, charactery. Well, and when did you realize... You when did you pick up on that? Trolls. You're like, oh, yeah, thanks. Charactery. <laughs> you get in the room and you see... Yeah, you're like, wow. Hey, this, all, the mo- all the spokesperson for um, Alexis. Oh, they're all wearing suits. Oh, no, no, no. These guys who look like they just came out of a D&D tournament. Yeah, it's, that's my it's, side. It's the background from Name of the Rose. Or Name of the Rose. You remember that movie? No, the, no. All the, uh, all the inbred people in the monastery in the 14th century. It was a Sean Connery Sean movie. Yeah, you remember that? I was like, boy, that was a harsh looking group. <laughs> Did you? Uh, and so when you're doing this, when you got in an issue, we were like, I'm just going to do this comedic acting wise. And was there ever a moment where all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a minute, I starting to see where they're pegging me. And did you take advantage of that as well? Did you push more towards that? Or were you like, across the board, I don't care. 
I'm just going to show up when I show up. I think I got smarter about being, uh, you know, I guess the buzzword is sort of target specific, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that I was being cast as a lot of sort of working class, um, very deadpan, very dry, yeah. um, the weird civil servant postal worker security guard that guy and so i then made sure that my marketing materials my my tape the tape stuff that was being sent out my headshots were reflecting that you weren't Um, trying to go you weren't trying to stay across the board guy you were like no no i guarantee i got a better shot of getting i mean maybe i had a couple backup things but that was the i was like okay if this is hitting then we'll stay in this area for a while and then if i get lucky enough and i'm able to expand on it later i'll do that so how many times did you audition with peter sprite you know who that oh, is? Thought, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you described all that, I'm like, I think you just described Peter Sprite to a T. Do you know Peter pretty well? Yeah, yeah. he's one of my did good you know, friends. Did you know Suzanne too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a loss. Yes. Rest in peace, Suzanne. Yep. yep. Miss her. Suzanne Crawl, very uh, talented actress. Extraordinary. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And a sweet. Also, another <laughs> another character. Uh, she knew another, another character he won. Yep. yep. She yep. knew. She, again, that's another one of those ones where she knew what she was <clears throat> called in for. You here's know. A, here's the thing, and this is this is another th- thing that I'm, I'm <laughs> now that I'm sitting on my porch reflecting all the all the time. <laughs> you want like, me to put a, a little uh, like you're rocking on a chair noise in the background? Exactly. Like a sound effect. One of those it's a uh, whittling noise. The very first <laughs> when I talked about the some of the interesting or slash and or bad uh, waiver theater experiences was like in '93 or something. I did a and be a great play at the Hudson Theater um, with a guy named Andy Fickman who now mm-hmm. is a huge director. He's used me like he, he used me in Race to Witch Mountain and and um, uh, this last uh, whatever the last oh Paul Blart. Um, but he directed this play. It was a bunch of scrappy guys. Suzanne Kroll was one of them. Yeah, as I so, say, she was pretty tight with him as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, you find I'm finding now that in 20, 25 years later. All those, all those initial formative relationships, man, they come back. They, oh like, yeah, I'm, 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 I think I'm starting to see that as well. Like people that I know that are starting to, all of a sudden, they're like, "Yeah, I'm directing movies now," and you're like, "Well, well, well, well yeah. I, I like acting in movies." Well, hello, so, Mister yeah. Big Pants. <laughs> so give me, give yeah, me a call. Seriously, yeah, yeah. And has that? Do you think that's benefited you quite a bit? I mean, you because you still, <clears throat> I feel once you got that '70s show. I just started seeing you more and more, more and more and more and more. And over the years, I mean, probably not what you wanted. Yeah, you want, probably wanted faster growth and more. Because you're never the, happy, are you? Ex- how can how, if, <laughs> I think so, if you so are, cool. yeah. if you are, if you're like I'm content, then it's like ugh, then you're gonna right. You're gonna die out. <laughs> but how like, do you mentally balance the fact that if you're not on a 12 year run of sitcoms and being offered all the movie roles in town, you're basically what's considered a working actor, which means yeah. it never stops. You're always looking for the next gig. So how does one balance that? Because you said. Obviously, at some point you're getting married. At some point you're having kids, and right. all these kind of things. How does one balance all that stuff with within themselves? I, I think that that it comes from that. That I think my, or at least my personal balance, is the fact that I've got a reasonably stable home life. I've got kids that I adore. I do activity like I coach little league. I'm on the PTA. I do stuff that's not industry related. <laughs> now you just describe me. But that's I, I fine. Fi- I was. I figured. <laughs> but, I did, but, you know? but, but successful. But successful. <laughs> but successful. Yeah, I'm successful. I'm Brian more. Irwin, everybody. <laughs> a successful Brian Irwin. <laughs> Like when I audit a thing, it actually comes out the numbers actually match and stuff. <laughs> um, but but I think a, a li- having a life or an outlet that's completely removed and not dependent at all upon the industry is is really uh, kind of imperative in keeping your mental health mm-hmm. a lot. You know. Yeah, because if yeah. all you do is obsess over God, you're gonna fucking drive yourself. crazy. I don't see how you couldn't drive yourself. crazy. And I'm assuming you knew people like that that just could not let it go, and yeah. it just it, it eventually either drives them out of town or it just you, you kind of or they do. You know, I know I've got a couple guys who are like who are so driven, and they're the ones who 
are at the the very top. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know if I wouldn't know if they're happy or not. We don't stay right. in touch, but like, right. um, yeah, being driven is not a bad thing. It's just that balance is also important. But, but it also, I think, it depends on who you are. Like, you don't strike me as a guy who's looking for to be mobbed when you walk down the street, right. or to like your fame is so great that if you know you got to take a piss in a porta potty at a concert, the paparazzi are there going, "Look where Bob pees," right, and right, you know right, what I mean. Right, you're not, right. He's just like us. It's not. You're not going <laughs> to. I don't think don't that's need, what I want to use, but that's, you don't need that crap going on in your life, and it, it doesn't matter to you. So to be a working actor and be the guy that people are like. Oh, man, that guy looks real familiar. Is it's the it, fa- favorite? I think to have a just a little hint, just for your own. The one person, you know, like somebody comes up know, to you in a restaurant and goes, "Hey, know, I really know. like your work." That can that that takes care of that night. Like yep. I don't anything more than that. You know, we would go out with some um, some of the Cougar Town group when we were still doing that show, and to live in Courtney or to see what it was like to be in Courtney's shoes, it's not, that's really, really hard. You're always I mean, being stared at. You're always being judged, right? That's kind of a hard goes, thing. Everywhere she goes. And it's, and not only that, you know, we, we did a little trip down to Mexico. There's paparazzi on the fishing boats out there trying to get a picture of her. And yeah. Her. It's just, it's constantly intrusive. She's a normal mom. I'm, as normal as you can be in I her mean, position. Yeah, also super famous. Super yeah. famous and super wealthy, but she's a, no, a, a, a normal person with a daughter who wants to live a life and she and it's just very very different and uh and so i kind of go i don't want that's yeah that's beyond what i want when you see that do you do you do you see the effect that it has on them does it change them as a person or 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 some or some of them can actually deal with it they 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 can find a way and still have a normal conversation with you and go oh i'm still talking to a a person that's you can i just think you become much more hard i think you become much more guarded i think your shell gets harder and it becomes much harder for anybody to get access within the shell because there's just so many there's so many users there's so many vipers there are people that want something from you that if you don't have enough of a defense mechanism to keep those people out you're going to yeah. end up getting abused and, and, and yeah people walk on you and it's yeah which yeah. means it's hard to get to know them initially or it's very very superficial but you know like with that group yeah, that's great. Um, I, it's great that you're talking, but Bernie Sanders has something oh, yeah, to say. Well, out of nowhere, I think the cat. Guys, turned, Bernie Sanders stopped by. Oh, oh, I he's got to go. Turned on the TV. Sorry about nope, that. Nope. I guess Bernie knew that it was Bob's episode. He's yeah. going to take off. He'll come back <laughs> you later. You can actually set a Bernie alert through Directv, so that whenever he speaks, the, t- the TV really? actually turns. That might have been what happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, but so, so yeah, so it's harder to get to to feel like you've gained access to somebody. The super relation can be a little because they're not going to let just anybody in. It's just, no, you gotta, why would they? Yeah, I wouldn't. And, and some of the people that because you've been out here so long, and you t- you talked about people that you started with, the young, the, you're yeah. young and you're innocent. And no one ever really knows what they're gonna how life is gonna pan out for them. And some of the people that you know that became, went on to be more famous. Did the relationships with some of them actually change with you because yeah. you did not grow with them? Did you feel there's some separation over time because they were living in a yes. different world? Yes. And but I think it also makes me think, well, maybe I didn't know them that well in the first okay. place. Like, you know, you sometimes think people surprise you later on and they kind of turn into a dick and you're like, Oh, I just maybe just didn't see the like I I don't personally I don't think that this industry makes dicks. No. I think they just it, allow the dick to show. Yep. Yeah. No, there's a very funny... <laughs> I love the way you put that. Paul F. Tompkins, uh, he had a special called Driven to Drink, which was probably early 2000s, but it, within that special he goes, Hollywood doesn't make you a dick. Like, if you were a dickhead in Iowa and then you moved to Hollywood, you're a dickhead in Hollywood. Like, 
that it just brings it out more. Do you know what I mean? Like absolutely, and you have more avenues to display your your dickness. Like if you when once you get to a position where you can have a PA go and get you a wrap, or yeah. or or turn the temperature in the you know like you once you're able to start manipulating manipulating people, then your dickishness can come out. When you're an accountant in Cleveland, it's it's a lot harder right. to be right. Who are you going to be a dick to? to? Manifest your dickness, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but this is an industry that will certainly give you plenty of opportunities to show it if you want. Yeah, but I do. I agree with you that I think that's just within people, and then it just comes out more here. I don't. I, I don't. That's think my personal. You thing, don't yeah. move here, and then you're like, oh, I was a super nice guy that helped old ladies across the street in Wyoming, but now I'm going to be a raging peckerhead. Like, right. <laughs> yep. I just don't think that's how it works. Again, but. and I'm going to reiterate because this is per our conversation before we started the show. You need to watch the big picture. I just watched yeah. it again. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Are you familiar with yes. this? Yes. Yep. It's, it's it hits on a lot of these issues. Yeah, and holds up. Michael today. McKeon's in it. I love Michael McKeon. He Christopher is, Guest directed. It's a fabulous uh, how indictment. Could it not be good? Yeah, indictment. Indictment, indictment of, of Hollywood. Of what we're all doing right now. What was the point early on in your career where things were kind of firing on all cylinders? Where you were able to sit back and go, you know what? I made some good. I made the right choice, and I'm really enjoying this right now. You're not really necessarily like building the ego as much as you're like, wow, okay, I was really, I was still the guy in the bookstore trying to read. Yeah. The engineering books going maybe just in case, right? And you're not that guy anymore. And all of a sudden, you're like, I'm really like the stuff that I'm doing. I'm having a good time. I feel like I'm part of the system. Uh, you know, it was probably around. I'm not sure when the dates were, but like when you start getting um, high, like there, there were a bunch of sh- a couple shows where I would start as a guest star and it would turn into multiple. Yeah, you know, that feels like, good. And it feels great. It feels like okay, I've done something right because they keep having me back. I'm They're writing to feel bigger like parts for you. The parts are getting better. The jokes are getting better. You're also now the crew guys know your name. The other the 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 the, the regulars are actually um, having more real conversations with you and not sort of just dismiss or or, right. or, be, or being fearful that the guest guy is going to fuck up again. Like the, <laughs> yeah, the, to be the one the guy who comes in for one episode is really really hard. Like we were yeah. talking before because you yeah. you want to be you want to be impressive, but you also don't want to stray too far because they hired you for a reason in the first place. And everybody's nervous about is he gonna? And God forbid you miss that first line. Or oh you, man! You whatever, oh. And, and then either it disappears or everybody's on panic about this guy. You know, he's, he, he's, he's, he's freaking. He's got that look in his eye. But so, like, when you start having multiples or recurring, you that all that kind of tension kind of starts to disappear because you're like, oh, I, I, I you, you relax. You into realize it. that you do know what you're doing. Yeah, and that there is skill there, that and that's why Absolutely. you keep it's like getting back. past opening night on a on a in a play. You know, like you start to ease into it. You go like, okay, I got this. The people are loving it. I yeah. know I can just relax into it. Um, and so that was happening kind of more and more. And that's to be honest, that's always been um, my mo career wise. Like I'm not like pilot seasons are never particularly exciting for me you know and i get and then i there was a period where i'd get really spooled up because all my friends were doing it were, well just it was two, three pilots yeah. a week you know i'm testing again and and i was like i'm not doing that and i think i'm much more of an afterthought um on shows like i'm not especially now as i'm getting older who really wants the old to use their their one of their six or seven series regular spots on the old character guy like that we guy we can bring in as a guest star but maybe it turns into a recurring. And then, like, with some of these shows, it's 10, 12. Cougar Town was 70 I mean, episodes. You, became, you, know, it's like, you became a series regular on essentially, Cougar Town. Yeah. You were, and they were, whatever they, they cast paid, you they as. They paid me was, well, and, they, and it was really easy work, and, and I loved it. But, like, that's, I think, been more my personal MO, and it's not going to be the same for other actors. You know, you're, you're young and hot. It's, you're you're going to be testing three times a week, whatever. Sure, sure. But, like, I'm now much more... Um, uh, comfortable and at terms with this is this is what I this is my way you mm-hmm. know like and I'm not comparing it to 
Joel McHale. You know, right. like Joel McHale's a buddy. He's like, we did a bunch of plays together. He's on a completely different track. Always has been. He's a leading man. You but, know, but it does you know, but it does you no good to compare yourself it to somebody but, you're not. It's like, but that's not always intuitive. Like, yeah. too many actors, I think don't have that realization that it doesn't do you any good. Like, they're like, but he's doing, why? I'm, why him and I'm, not me? Yeah, why him and not me? I have they red hair like and a me. beard. <laughs> yeah, no. But, you know, and it's really unhealthy. But yeah. once you can kind of start to move past that, I think you can end up being a little bit more mentally healthy and and, and as a result, do better work. Yeah. No, and, and I think that when you say better work, I think also you're doing, uh, you, when you're more at ease with that, you're better... Your performance is better. Absolutely, you know what 100%. I mean. You're not, you're not hundred. You're not worried yeah. about. You can tell people who are spooled up and they're tired yeah. and they're and they're, and they're like, ah, I gotta get this joke to land. Yeah, yeah. Did you also peg early on? Do you think that by observation, it seems like you're also observational of the situation that you're in. That the nicer you are and the easier you are to work with, that a lot of these opportunities come a little bit quicker. Or some of the guest star roles, even though you're delivering the goods, yep. you're also like. Oh my God, this guy didn't bother the shit out of us today. Yeah. We definitely want to bring him back. Did you start noticing that and did you see a cause and effect from that? I absolutely did. And I, um, I, got, I got some advice early on that I thought was very helpful, which is to, to look at um, production from a producer's perspective in terms of what, what their day looks like. And if, they, and if you can avoid being one of their 400 Setbacks. headaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the right path. You know, that's what they what they want is they don't want somebody, when you auditioned uh, at the callback at the producer session, they don't want that guy coming in on day one going, you know what, I had a chance to rethink this. Then you've now you've now become a, re- a, a headache. Yeah. You do what you did in the callback because they like that. That's do what that. they asked you to do. We, we can check that box. We're done, right? And now when you, you're given more freedom because you've now done 12 episodes, then you can start doing it then. But like you got to know where you're at in the chain of, in the food chain and... Act accordingly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I personally, like, I just like getting along with people. I don't like being a nuisance. I don't like being a bother. That's me personally. I am, and I, so I do agree with you. However, I'm still kind of um, uh, puzzled by how many people can get can seemingly get away with dickish behavior in this industry. And this keep working. And, and, keep, keep and working. continue to work and, and sort of fail upwards. Um, yeah. But that happens I call it the, the Gary Busey effect because Busey, towards the end of his career, I mean, the guy was just a nuisance. That's all he was on set. But somehow or another, they had given, they had marked a number on his head that if you paid him this, then his value is worth this. So you, yeah. if you can put up with all the bullshit, you're still going to get something out of it. He get his name on the DVD packages. They're going to end up at Rite Aid or Walgreens or whatever at the time. Yeah, there is a certain element of that, and I don't, I don't mean to, you know, to shit on Gary Busey, but I worked <laughs> no. on a couple shows with him, and he was just outrageous. And yeah. I saw what he did. Fairly nice guy, but he would do, he would have outrageous behavior. So I could see how he put everybody on edge, and they were like, "Why did we get him?" You know. Yeah. And in the yeah. end, yeah. And you big- would have and you would have you know ads having clandestine meetings to know how are we going to deal with this guy who we know is coming in tomorrow who is notorious for doing X, Y, and Z. He's going to be late. He's going to yell about craft service. He's going to bitch at people. We're going to station people here. We're going to do this. We're always going to have eyes on him. We're going to do... And and they do it, but they know, like you said, because ultimately there's they feel there's some risk reward that makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's that name recognition on the DVD that they're selling in Hong Kong, who knows what it is, but the industry does make those choices. And, and that kind of baffles me because there are plenty of people who could do just as good a job. Yeah, we all not know better, that. If not if better, not better. With fewer headaches. Yeah, with and, no headaches. And yeah. but, the, but the same lo- goes for the other side of the camera too because I've worked in production and I have seen 
the dumbest people just fail up. And you're like, how? It was like that Seinfeld where they, uh, she, Elaine promotes the psycho who's writing poems about yeah. killing people in their sleep with the Peterman poncho on. She's like, yeah, he won't bother us anymore. He got promoted. And they're like, what? But that's, I see that. And like, like, oh, that guy who couldn't do anything right? Oh, he's in charge now? Yeah. Oh, right, this right. is going to go well. He's UPM. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And does like, he know how they, to do numbers? And no. they get these like jobs that like, I mean, I get it. Production manager might not be at the top of the food chain, but dude, if you don't have a good production manager, if you don't have a good production coordinator, how is anything going to get done? Yeah. Uh, paperwork? I don't know. Blah, permits? I don't know. Like yeah. The amount of time that I spent in production, I, I've been primarily in and out of production since like 2000. The one thing that I find is pretty interesting about the business and what you're talking about is I've seen a lot of production managers eventually become showrunners. And the thing is, is... They never had the creative chops. That wasn't. That wasn't. Yeah. And I've seen a few. They will remain nameless because it's a part of groups that I've been affiliated with for a really long time. I've seen them from the beginning. I've seen the growth, and I see the struggle now that the talent has with these people. That all of a sudden, because they've gotten this position, they believe that they they've become creative, and they haven't. They just they grew up with the show, and that's fine, and that's admirable, and that's a great growth arc to have yeah. but it's also dangerous if you believe that somehow or another you've put yourself above the creative that has gotten you there yeah so i do see that from time to time 100%. as well and i think suggestions when you're a showrunner are great and unless you're like you know you were hired because you're a comedy genius like you you suggest and you can try to steer but in the, the end let the writers and everyone else and the director and everyone else kind of well, like it's being aware of how you got there yeah. yeah, were you just yeah, a good yeah, manager yeah. of the situation, or did you get there because you actually changed the 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 voice right. of the show? Was it that your made idea it? to add Kramer into Seinfeld? Right, <laughs> was that somebody's idea? <laughs> no, I'm just using that That's as a, a terrible. good example. That would be a great example, though. <laughs> I'm sure that was from the he was there from the beginning because were it was you, a neighbor. Did, uh, during your time here, did you do a lot of? Uh, did you take a lot of acting classes in that, or are you no. a school of hard knocks guy? You basically learned how to be a part of the system. I, again, a little bit was that arrogance that I came out of grad school with. Like I, t I took a lot of classes for a long time. Like I felt like I was fully trained before you got before here. I got here. So yeah. and I don't think I was, but I thought that. And so I was like, I'm not going to take an acting class. I'm just going to like jump into it. So I was kind of a little too full of myself then. I wish I'd taken more because I think there are a lot of good classes out there, and I'd like to now get back into a class. So I've been kind of auditing some stuff around town. But what kind of classes do you think are be beneficial to surviving as a television and or commercial actor? in Los Angeles because not all of them are I mean there's theater no. which is different right that's a different type of training or, or would you say no not I, necessarily no, I, think, I think it is a different type of training I think it's I've been off put by because I get uh, asked a lot for recommendations for different classes and so you know I do my research and maybe if I can audit I will I'm it's off putting I think how many people have put their shingle out as um, teaching the you know how to be a working actor class or you know how to be a success class yeah. and they're clearly not because it didn't it's like if this don't, person don't could teach about, how to be a working actor, wouldn't they just go be a working actor? How to make millions in real estate. You know what? <laughs> you don't need to write a book if you're making millions in real right, estate. Yeah. Right, yeah. That how you make millions is writing a book about how to make millions and selling it to people that really have nothing left to do yeah. except try to make so millions. So that, that has been a whole huge cottage industry boom, cottage industry boom in, yeah. this, in this city, I think. And, so, and there are a lot of really shady, unqualified people taking a lot of actor money for not great it is, information. It is a land um, of... 
there is heavy heavy on those scams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it is valuable for a new actor to come out to take to take an on camera class so they can start to see what they look like and how they need to start modulating their choices from um, a stage background. Um, I think a stage training is really really great because then it's something it gives you something to forget later on. You know, mm-hmm. it's like um, it gives you you know know the rules know what your body and voice is capable of, and then you can start forgetting it and modulating it or, or yeah. doing whatever you want to it later. But at least you've got that in your toolbox, right? Um, so I think a, a, an on-camera class, I think that now, given today's climate, I think a, a, a kind of marketing class it can be very valuable because it's How to market so, yourself. like so Knowing your type, knowing how being smart about target lists and smart about which casting directors to... To be sort of um, aiming for what kind of roles you want to be aiming for, not not to like diminish our work as actors, but just to make your your time more efficient, more efficiently spent. I think there can be a lot of wheel spinning if you just are gonna. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send my stuff out to William Morris and CAA. Right. That's a, that's a waste <clears throat> of uh, of time. It's the a waste resources. of effort. It's, it's like- gonna be crushing to your to your ego when you know. So be smart. Be smart about those things, and I think they're they're some good people out there who are giving that information out as well. There are just a ton of awful people and that's where you need to start. Yeah. You, and that's yeah. your, and the fact that even you research these things, you know what I mean? Is, is that's good advice for anybody. If you're going to take an acting class, talk to friends who've taken that class, talk to other people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Cause, cause I, I mean, I always suggest Leslie Kahn because I think I took a class there and she was great and consistently highly recommended. Yeah. And, and, and not like, What's her Yelp review, you guys? Delicious. I don't know. (laughs) Does she have a sticker on the door? I have no idea. I have no idea, but it was a walking distance in my last apartment. (laughs) Okay, great. It was pretty great. You do about the same amount of research (laughs) based on what he's talking about. Actually, I had a lot of people, like I know Eric Andre went through there. There There's a lot of people that I knew that had gone through and were like, yeah, this is a good class. And I was like, all right, great. And it was. And I, I walked in. That was like the first acting class I ever took. I walked in and I almost immediately walked out because I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah, because I was like, you know, I, I've just done a lot of commercials and I, I yeah. wanted to, I did two independent movies and then I was like, maybe I should take an acting class because I, right. I saw myself in these movies. I was like, oh, you need something. You right, need to do right, something right. better. This there's, is, but the colonel's there. Yeah, right, right. There's, I there's mean, some gold in there. <clears throat> we just need to people, and people were like, oh, you did great. And, and no one was like, you know, shitting on my performance but I was seeing them going well you can do better and maybe right, right. maybe some guidance and like there, there's got to be tricks of the trade that I don't know and and sure enough like I took a an acting class with her uh, the first audition I went on after that class was for a Disney pilot called Kirby Buckets I booked <laughs> right. it they shot the pilot I was a teacher that popped out of a dumpster and gave advice and then that's Oscar the Grouch, but continue. Which is <laughs> right, right in your wheelhouse too. <laughs> Completely, <laughs> especially with the way I looked. Even then, my hair was longer, my beard. I looked. I could have easily slept in a dumpster. The real life Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, and then they, then they, they did nothing. And my agent at the time was like, um, "Well, I'll let you know if anything happens." And then they never called me again. And I tried to get a hold of them, and they, nothing. And then a friend of mine goes, "Hey, I just read that Kirby Buckets is reshooting a pilot." No. So I contact. So my agent goes contacts me right after this is like oh Kirby Buckets is coming back I'm going to get you ground transportation and they start she starts listing all these things she's going to get from me I'm like 
hey, I haven't, maybe we should find out if I'm in this next thing yeah. because, and the, sure enough, they were rewritten, they had rewritten the pilot, recast all the kids and then took did out. That, did that kid, did the Oscar the Grouch character still exist? No, no, no. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was gone completely. completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, so it wasn't, it wasn't me. Nothing to do with yeah, you. it yeah. wasn't me. It was, it was. Uh, or did it? You know, it was a little but then, you know, those writers <laughs> were really nice and they were, and they were very, like, when I hit them up, I was like, hey, I just heard them like, yeah, sorry, dude, we're reshooting the pilot. Your character's not in it. If we, and I went in again and read for some other stuff I didn't get for them. But the point was like, well, we were talking earlier about like the the whole um, how hard it is to go in and be a, the the, first, the the guest star or the co star in a you know in a sitcom and like that whole that was a real hard thing for me that for those the network run through the right the producer run throughs and the network run throughs where you would watch what you started with was a nice a nice role and then you'd see an actor who kind of tanked a, 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 a you know a blow or a gag line or whatever and then the rewrites come out that night and suddenly oh that got chopped oh now you're in two of the three scenes that you were in now oh now we've got you down you just pop up at the end and yeah. you see it all the time and it's a lot of pressure yeah. if you don't deliver then like you're we can just we just rewrite it it's not like a play where well that's who's playing yeah but but the feeling you like cuz i i did a uh, recurring on the CBS show uh, Angel from Hell and when I first got the thing the, my part was like two lines and it went the opposite way and then we did the ta- when I by the time I got after my callback by the time I got to the table read the part was five six lines and I was like whoa and then after that they were like we're going to add you in this scene at the end too and I was like awesome and then they were like we love you we're going to bring you back for another episode and I was like oh fucking and then they canceled the show the week my episode oh. was supposed to air. But still, no, yeah. how, there was not a better feeling. No, I it was great. I hitting this out of the park. It was great. They love me. And, I love the work I'm doing. And it made me... They, everybody else on the, on the show almost talked to him. Right. Almost. almost. This close. This close. close. Dude, I met Ernie Banks' son. I met Ernie Banks' son on that show. Ernie Banks played for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, oh. It was amazing. Not a huge sports guy. Yeah. No, it's all right, but, but I love the Cubs. He grew up in Australia. Which, by the way, if we can just... If he was a cricketer. Yeah, not a cricketer. <laughs> not a cricketer. But real quick... Uh, news in sports world, uh, Chapman is on the Cubs now. Okay. Well, we always talk about not dating the episodes, but yeah, we just I'm did. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, <laughs> that's big news. That's big news. Um, I want to take a step back for one second, yes. going back to Australia. Um, I, Australia has an interesting past when it comes to filmmaking. I saw a great documentary about that. It's just the insanity of like the crazy violence that they had. I mean, everybody talks about Mad Max and you, right. you know, Mad Max, when I remember the first time I saw Mad Max, oh, I was yeah. like, Holy shit. It's cool. Stylistically, but it was violent. It was a violent movie yeah, yeah. for its time. And then I happened to find this other documentary that talks about that style of filmmaking in Australia where when you were growing up as a teenager, did you guys get your hands on a lot of that stuff? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, you, were you very aware of like no, what was going then on back I, then? I was not. Okay. Um, uh, but now, I, I mean, now you watch, uh, you're talking about films like Chopper or you've seen that or um, uh, uh, Animal Kingdom. Um, really, really dark, really, really interesting stylistically. Um, but no, not so aware of it at the time because everybody, it, when you're in high school, all you're wanting to watch are the American films. Oh, okay. Right? Um, I mean, those are the, you know, we're watching Top Gun. and, and So there wasn't a pro, I don't want to say, but like a pro Australia, kind of like, you know, Canada's kind of like, we are. We also want to be proud of what we do we here. We also it make have, movies. Yeah. yeah. We, when I was there in my formative years, it really was, it was, so wanting to be America. Interesting. Um, it hadn't quite been fallen in love with its own identity and realized how much it had to offer as a, yeah. as a destination. Well, then places start culture. to see yeah. America kind of go into the toilet. And they're like, yeah. you know what? We're, we're doing okay over here. We're doing okay. Right. We don't need to be them. 
But I mean, this is the seventies and the early eighties. Yeah. So it's like, you couldn't be, and, and I still had like, when I first got there, I kind of had an American accent. So I would, everybody wanted to talk to me and have me say words and things like <laughs> Which is the which is really it's funny. It's such a yeah. kid thing. It, but hey, it, hey, but say, imagine hey, the other way word. around, like an Australian kid coming to Illinois, and you'd be like, "All right, say Barbie, <laughs> say shrimp." Have you seen Crocodile Dundee? That's so like, true. Right? Do you know? Do you know Paul Hogan? <laughs> no, there is some. And now, right, so and now, let's jump back forward. Somebody that jump that back forward. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, I'm going back. I'm going on. Yeah, that's a good one, Ryan. That's kind of like uh, Giuliani's speech where he's like. What is at the bottom did and the top, and he did everything backwards. Wherever his hands were, what he was saying was the opposite. <laughs> oh, he got really? too excited when he was making his speech, and he was like, "So we're going to go from, from he the, was like from, from the, the bottom to the bottom." Yeah, right? he's like, and he was his hands were all in the wrong spots, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Sometimes life you can't write the sketches better. Yeah. You couldn't have written no. sketches as funny as the, that. His new, his, he had too much new teeth going on. You could tell yeah, that he too got much new, new teeth. There was yeah, a lot of new Holtz. My favorite. No, my sucking in his dentures. That's one of my favorite parts of it. Something about Mary is when Matt Dillon gets the new teeth. Oh my god! And ever it's since fantastic. then, I've always and noticed when people get brand new teeth because it's teeth on top it. of teeth. So <laughs> yeah. you can't. Smiles. You don't look the same when you get teeth on top of teeth. So it almost looks like somebody in, the, in a movie who's like yes. trying to have fake teeth, but you're, yes. you're like, oh, I can tell those are fake. Yes. but you're like supposed I to. I think you were talking about Quincy at the in the in the warm up, and I believe didn't Jack Klugman get some new teeth during? He the probably latter part did. Of he may have got some new during teeth. the latter part of Quincy. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. My father had a wickedly dry sense of humor. And, and I just remember him saying, oh, look, somebody got some new teeth. <laughs> you can't help but notice, right? You always notice when the new teeth come in. Dude, yeah. I, don't know. I, I didn't watch as, as much Quincy as my, my dad, but man, <laughs> uh, that show. I mean, Jack Klugman, what a yeah. career that guy had. Odd Couple and then Fantastic. Quincy. I mean, Quincy. Killed it. And, and, and who other, knew? Bunch 25 of other years shit. right there. Yeah. Who knew that you could be a leading man? He wasn't that great looking. No. And he was, and and the opening to Quincy was just him, like just he was getting a in every woman's who panties. Crimes, but he dude. was, but he was a doctor. But, it, but the way they set the, but the opening to the show is yeah. him, just like you know. Didn't he live on a boat too? Yeah, he lived on a boat. Was always in the woman's panties. Yeah, and he was not a nice person. He was yeah. always angry about the crime. Always he was that. angry throughout the whole. Dude, thing. if you're not angry about the crime, how are you going to solve it? <laughs> what, like, you, again, what, where are your friendly? Where's the show called Friendly Detectives? Where's that show? Because no one would watch it. <laughs> so true. We're, we're not mad about the crime. We don't even really care if we solve it. I'm going to have to we go have back no and, and see when he got his new teeth. But you were about which to episode bought him his new teeth? Or which, 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 uh, it was um, the one that Tom Selleck guest started. <laughs> when the series was re-upped, when did he get his new teeth? What was his new contract teeth? Most of our listeners are like, what the fuck is Quincy? <laughs> I know. They, but you know what? You, you should go back and watch wherever it is. I'm sure it's either whether it's on Hulu or uh, Netflix or wherever it, it is no, or on, MeTV uh, or whatever. It's on, on Pop. Or what on, was it, it? it probably is on Pop or is whatever that with that an is. exclamation mark? Please tell me there's a I think so, actually. Well, I'm that. watching CISO now. Oh, are you? The NBC? Because, uh, uh, is that what that is? Yeah. I only I only got it because uh, it was. I don't even think you have to pay for it, but I wanted to watch Bajillion Dollar Properties because I had some friends on that. Oh, that which is the parody of um, yeah, like, uh, like a house flipping. No, or it's a, a, party, a party more of those um, Beverly Hills. Housewives. Uh, no, the realtor guys. Oh, oh, Property uh, mil- Brothers. Million, million Dollar Listing. Property, oh. um, no, uh, Million Dollar Listing New York. Okay. All it follows is really smarmy realtors around either New York or LA. God, that's weird. I don't watch that show. <laughs> <Yeah>. Smarmy realtors. <laughs> oh, can't t- t- record. <laughs> Series. Season pass. Yeah, season pass. 
<laughs> I, I'll never forget. I years and years ago, I wrote a pilot uh, called Sales Guys about just really just and, shitty people. And now right, wants to because I used to, to you and see. No, no, no. no, 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 no saying, I, but I used to be. I used to be a sales guy myself. I, I always call myself a recovering salesperson. But I remember when the idea popped in my head was my wife. My wife is a very successful lawyer, so she gets a lot of like these weird events, and we happened to get to this event was called like basketball one-on-one with the Lakers or whatever, where, you know, um, some of the Lakers and the coaches come out and speak to you and you get to shoot on the court right, and do all cool. this stuff. Right and I just remember sitting in the stands and in front of me were a couple of those sales guys that clearly had gotten their tickets to their company or whatever. And just listening to them talk and their misogynistic behavior and just everything <laughs> out of them just reeked asshole. And I yeah. remember just watching them with their goatees and their greasy hair and high-fiving yeah. each other over things right. that didn't need to be high-fived about. It and is. I was just like... Everything needs to be high-fived. Uh, yeah, I don't miss being a... Get with a high-five. If you're a salesperson listening to the show, good for you. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I remember watching them going, I, that's why I got out. I, could, I couldn't yeah. hang with those people. Too many chest couldn't bumps do it. over... Yes. Uh, didn't have it in ridiculous me. Ridiculous comments. Yeah, seriously, absolutely, yeah. Salespeople, yeah. Too many yeah. roofies, too many. So even to watch them to an extent is you go, it's too much. Like There's too much anxiety watching these people just behave the way they How behave. long were you doing it? The sales stuff? Yeah. I did it for a good four or five years. Yeah. And I, I got to be honest with you, full. I hated every minute of it. I can't even. Minute I did inbound telemarketing and I wanted to off myself. Like... People and were it, calling to order stuff. I didn't have to try to sell them and I was still like, I, I hate this. And those who could do it, Bravo to you. I just couldn't find it in my... Even when I was good at it, yeah. I didn't... I always felt like when I was trying to sell you on something, and I always felt... That was the part I didn't like. I always felt like you're just looking at me like, but then there's good luck with this. Drop, yeah. Yeah. But then there's people that just do that all the time. They'll yeah. try to sell you on everything. It's right. like, hey, you, want, you should have my half-drank bottle of water because your <laughs> bottle of water is full, and that sucks. But it's survival, too, and I get it. It's a job, and you, somebody's got to do it, and there's a whole survival thing to it. But I, the other question I wanted to have you to go back in forward time is... Um, <laughs> we're jumping back forward? Yeah, we're jumping back forward. Yeah, if I hope everyone's following the timeline of this yes, episode. Yes, we're going from the it's down to the, the ups, and I'm doing hand signals <laughs> that you can't see. We're really New doing teeth some teeth for everybody. Yeah. But they're the opposite, <laughs> just like Giuliani. Um, where does one get to the point, especially when you move to Los Angeles, you start acting, you start having success, you're like, yeah, I'm totally going to start a family here in LA. Like, it never seems to be that thing, right? That's never on anybody's chart of like, check the list. Yes, John's five just getting into, into it. Like, when did you finally go, I, just, I can do this? No, and I, I want to do it. You mean actually make a li- like make a career? This is what no my- having a f- starting getting, oh, having knew, a family. I just knew that shot clock was ticking away, and my wife's clock was even tickier, tick, 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 tickier. <laughs> so you guys have been married for a while before no, you decided to. I was on, my, to- second, I was on my, this is my second marriage. Okay, I had a first marriage. In okay, fact, uh, to your neighbor's sister. Okay, um, and that was short lived. No children. Three years. Oh, but okay. Then, so but no was, kids with that. Okay. No, but I was late getting into. So it. So you shouldn't have been at that party. No, he no. was there's the still kids friends. party. I should have been there. No, you shouldn't have been. You don't uh, have any kids. I've got two. You kids should have found my second wife. But you should have found a way to not go to that party. Oh, correct. What you, he's <laughs> saying is, yes. I was oh, trying yeah. to help you. Yeah. You should always, if there's an out to going to a kids party, you should you take it. You're a good man for going to take a kids party it. without kids. Just so you know, you're a good man. You can always you're see that poor guy in the corner talking to the dog. Just hoping you have no connection, soon. no nothing. You're, I'm proud of you for going to that party. Crazy. Uh, so anyway, um, so, so so yeah. So no, but then so I'm into my mid thir- or thirties. By um, you know, I'm 34 after this first divorce, and you know, my wife and I get together two years after that, something like that, and uh, we're getting into the latter latter half of the 30s. So you don't have a lot of play play wiggle room, and she really really 
she was made to be a mom. So okay. I knew that I had the, I could be still be as kind of a marginal sixty forty screw up like I am, and and she would she pick would up the pick slack. Up all the slack. Yeah. But you wanted a Which family. Which has been the nature for the last fifteen years. And you wanted a family, and you, you did not fear the family and I, how it affected no, your I, world. No. Uh, incorrect. I feared it. I was scared. Okay. I was scared to death uh, of what kind of father I would be. We had one kid, and I was like, okay, that's great. I love it. Let's do. Let's stop because that's one kid. We can take terrific care of this one kid. And she's like, "Nope, we have two kids. We're going to have at least two kids." Which I'm sure you and found you were happy about. Cause in the, retrospect, she was right about. Yes, that. They're, yeah, they're, she was right. women are always right. They're about always. The baby right. thing. I need just kind of need to. Start you it should up and know this it. now. Tonight they're, on women are always right. Huh? What my wife said it. Yeah, no, that's right. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> just letting you know, buddy. Right, three guys in the basement all agree <laughs> that women are always right. You are correct, ladies, and I'm sure we have a lot of single listeners, female especially. I've so, gotten yeah, so some that, of the best advice in my life from women. That I, so I, I truly do believe that women women are dialed in. I had to get I had to get bullied into it, but correct. And we've got two kids. I'm thrilled. Everything's great. Did you was some of the fear because of what you've been doing for a living? Did you did yes. you have that selfish thing uh, th- that Not that, that battle of being selfish of like oh my god this is going to take away from me. This is gonna. This could hurt yes. me. Well, not only do you have, are we in unstable careers where you don't really have much of a sense of what your income is in the future? We are, I think, personality-wise, not necessarily dialed into being in a shared, functioning, healthy, supportive relationship. We're we're very self. We tend to be self-absorbed. We're narcissistic. We we have a lot of qualities that aren't necessarily great attributes in a, <laughs> to bring into a relationship. Now, I think because I'm like my engineering brain, like I'm 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 on the better end of that scale, right? Um, but I'm still on that scale, you know. And a lot of it's look at me, and um, so that's tough. But you, if you if you're careful with your partner selection, you find somebody who's Who's a compliment and, a, and not a competition? You can end up, I think, functioning as a pretty healthy couple. Yeah. I think more people in Los Angeles hear the following things when they say it. One is like, "I'm getting married." No shit. Like yeah. it's not like, oh yeah, of course. It's always like, no shit. Yeah. You're gonna do this, okay? You, you, think good, you can handle that. Good huh? for you. Good for you. And then the second one is, we're having kids. Really? Because it's you know what I mean. Again, because of everything you just said, it's never like you know. If, if this is happening back in in my hometown of Racine or Milwaukee or mm-hmm. the state of Wisconsin. All of that is like overly celebrated because that's how life works out here. It always seems to be like cool question mark because there's there's <laughs> yeah. always a, another part of it. Yeah. Like there's that, cool. th- and it, that's that's part of the struggle. I think we also face is that. The support group is not, it's not an all in. It's, it's a little bit of like, hey man, I'm there for you if you need assistance, but not like families is like, you need a shoulder to cry because this could kind of fuck sure. you up. And recognition that you're about to get on a different bus that I'm, yes, I yeah. have no intention of getting on. Yep. But have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a trip. Enjoy whatever party it is yeah. that you're going to. <laughs> like the ones across the street with all children. The right? that, the that's the stuff. The one, the sun, the, Though the he showed up, house. He would, and I always knew who, and this is a, this is a genuine statement. I knew who some of my best friends were, were the ones that would show up to my kids' parties when they were young and they didn't have kids. And yeah. it wasn't, we can joke about it as comedians and say it's creepy, but that's not what I, I didn't see it that way. I, I saw them as saying, dude, we're not going to isolate. We're not just going to let you just go float away and go find a whole other world of friends. We're not just going to ignore you because you chose a well, different path. Also, you have a, beer at your kid's birthday party. There, so that yeah, is true. I'm going to show up. They, they did hang in one certain area. Yeah, and where now the that I look was. back on it, it did smell like stale beer in that area. Right. I will, I, I'm going to make a, a prediction, and, uh, and so you can tell me if I'm correct, that I think John is probably one of those kidless guys who's amazing with kids. 
I'm pretty good with kids. Do they do they kind of dig you initially? Yeah, they they're think like, he's cool. They yeah. think you're cool. They think you're interesting, and they probably like your face. And then I make <laughs> right? I make fun of their parents a little bit. Who's Usually, you know, I'm like, oh, look at your dad over here farting. Right. Oh, your dad smells like farts, and then right. they're like, ah, dad smells. Well, like do you farts. you probably have this where you can watch a show, and you go and you or a commercial, and the, there's a parent in there, and you're like, that's not a real parent. Yeah, that person's <laughs> never know, had kids before. They never had fucking kids. You yeah. can kind of tell. That woman has never held a baby before. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell. You can tell immediately. And you can tell people that had their own kids and never want to touch anybody else's child ever again in their entire lives. Yeah, yeah I got those too. I I have to if you say I I err on the you're proud if you ever ask me to hold your kid I'll do it but I don't I will never hold them the same way I ever held my kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I don't. I'm not like that guy. I'm really good with kids. Like that's good. what I've learned from being PTA president. Sure. Is I'm really good You're with kids. President? I was. I was. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'll always be president. You know that. Oh, I know. You should yeah, always. Yeah, he's the Secret Service right outside the door. They watch him right. still. But, but I'm good with the kids because I get them and I understand them and I know how to talk to them. I've never like looked at kids yeah. like I've never put myself way above them. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. So I can connect them on a different level. But but I'm not. Like if they come up to me and like, oh, give me a hug. I'd be like, okay, kind of, sure. Yeah, yeah. Is this, can we stop this now? your parents hug you? Yeah. (laughs) Get away from me. And it sounds bad. It's not that I don't give a shit about the kid. I just can't. You got your own kids to hug. Even when people have handed me their babies. I've already done that. And I was really good, and I loved holding babies, but yeah. they were my babies. Like hold it yeah. one hand, like out yeah. to the side. That's more of a Keen thing. Keen used to hold my kids, and he'd just hold them out. I got it. You guys are on, are you on Facebook? Yes. I mean, well, yeah, us, our generation wrecked it, so of course we're the only ones on right. Facebook. Right. <laughs> but we, but I know you think your kid is adorable, Ugh. but enough, enough. But also, enough. don't you feel like your kids are owed a little bit of privacy? Like they don't or have, that. Right. they don't have. They're, they can't say, don't put my picture up on Facebook. Right. So by the time they're 13, 14 years old, literally everything they've done as a child has been documented and put online. Yeah. Everything. I... Could not have handled that going into high well, school. Like, oh, wait, what's with the Cool Whip well, Bowl collection? Imagine your, college, hats. imagine your college years. Oh, my God. Holy people are just like, well, I looked you up on well, Facebook. Well, first off, I, I hope your parents, parents aren't with you posting these. aren't with you in your college years <laughs> right. actually taking the photos right. to post no, but on but that there. stuff coming back and all the stuff you would have photographed in your college years and put online. Thank and, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, one of the funniest lines in The Simpsons is Nelson going, videotaping this crime spree was the best idea we've ever had. <laughs> and it was like, of course, that shit's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Like, <laughs> you, you would be... I would be, I mean, the things that I thought were funny, the f- cool, interesting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mysterious. Like, I, 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 can, you, can you imagine reading some of your college poetry on Facebook and then now just being like, I'm 40 There's now. a tape out there where was. I thought I was a lead singer of a band. And, and it's a, on VHS. No, I was not. Well, and I, my family loves to, to always threaten to take it out. I'm like, you need to sure. keep that thing locked up because I thought I was a song- singer-songwriter. Hey, dude. And, and I had even, no singer-songwriter skills. Made even worse by the fact that you were wearing hammer pants and clogs at the <laughs> well, time. Clogs? Look good. They were not clogs. They were the elf shoes. With <sighs> the, 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 the ones with the curl toes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. do. I don't know if you post any pictures. Of my, I Every once in a very great... I'm not, I, I tell a lot of stories about my kids, but oh. I do not... But I, I battle with that all the time about how much exposure I want to give them because I agree with John. There's there's no approval. They don't say yes or no to their life story Absolutely. that we're giving away. Does that make sense? There's also an obliviousness. Like I get like, hey, we all love our children. So a couple two couple times a week, fine. But I'm talking we I, everybody's got the friend who it's like four or five times a day. Yeah, and, and it's the same mute block. Well, it's the same. It, well, yeah, it's the same photograph, just same different, photograph. different background. Different, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we've all stood. 
somewhere before. We don't have to have that's everywhere. What we should just, I should just start commenting on everyone's kid cob. pictures. Like, oh, your kid can look stand. At corn cob. Wow. Look, look at the corn We've cob. We've all stood. See, that's where it gets out of control is like, my whole thing is kids, not kids. But when you're like, tonight we had hamburgers. Okay, yeah. is that really necessary right. of clogging my feed with a, with a photograph of you guys block all eating hamburgers mute. tonight? Block me. Here's the thing: everybody eats. Everybody goes to the bathroom. Right. Oh, here's everybody going to the bathroom has, again. Everybody the bathroom thing hasn't taken off as much as the. <laughs> You're though, trying to start that? Like I keep posting selfies on the toilet, and everyone's I like. I have We're one tired photograph. of your whoopsie, whoopsie, poopsies. The two photographs I never posted, which I, I should probably, I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but I was a parent in training, is taking a picture of my son on a toilet and taking a picture of the turd in the toilet after he was done. And I'm thinking to myself later is afterwards, and I'm, go- and I'm going through the phone, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, there are certain things in life... What, what was I thinking? What, where? And, and the thing is, when is that ever going to come? Hey, do you have But the best part is, crap? I actually uh-huh. filtered the one with the fucking turd in there. Like, I actually somehow another thought this Nashville. needs to be, this needs to be filtered Hudson. in an Instagram right. photo. Like, it's yeah. nothing about it. Did you? Which uh, did you use? Like the sunset? <laughs> Hashtag BM. <laughs> Hashtag BM. <laughs> Hashtag BM. What? Who's BM? Oh, bowel movement. No, I think I tried to have a trend on my texting, and I didn't realize trends texts don't trend. But the um, yeah, no, it was just one of those things where you. That's when I started realizing I can slow down on the over documented. Like yeah, you know, yeah. I, and you see that like people that go to when your kids have events, yeah. and people are watching the whole thing or concerts, they're watching the whole thing through their phone. I'm like, put it down. Well, and just enjoy the moment. Concerts are the funniest. Your memory is okay. You can just have a recall on this, and you don't need to have a video or a, a photograph Whoever's to go with it. Who ever watched that video? The, no one. Dude, when... I, oh, no one. The, uh, during the, and I'm sure we'll see it again, during the 2012 Olympics. Olymp- Dude, I was just going to say All the Olympic that. athletes. All of the Olympic... And I'm like, in my head, and I tried to talk about this on stage, and no one seemed to care, but in my head, I was like, NBC has paid a lot of money to hire camera guys who are shooting the ceremony. And you now what they're... Footage of yourself. And, and I, I bet because you're an athlete within the Olympics, they'll probably give you the DVD for free. For free. Now, you, what are you going to watch? The DVD shot by professional cameramen or your shaky ass, loud, incoherent Self, cell phone right. footage and now you're on camera going <laughs> with your phone out like a fucking dick. It doesn't make any sense. It's like when I see concerts, like, hey, I'm going to see Roger Waters play The Wolf. That's great. Now you're going to hold up your iPad <laughs> And record the show. I'm like, they're recording the shows right now. You're on camera holding your fucking iPad. First off, the iPad videos are shit anyway. Awful, so put awful. the iPad down. That put bothers it, me. That big down. box. You're at a concert. Enjoy the concert. Up, yeah. Put your flat screen television I'm down. Bring my watch flat it. screen next time, and I'm hooking a... it up to a, 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 a online modem. <laughs> that would be hilarious. You're just bring my desktop. <laughs> Looks like uh, I, John Cusack. Next time anything. you guys get a TV show, why don't you guys screen? during during your scene just selfie your scene as well? Like the That's whole time it. you're acting, be like, yeah, I'm going to get this up just from, get it, from no, my, get my stick, own angle. Get a peri- you yeah. can periscope it. <laughs> Is this out of frame? Is yeah, my as long selfie as my, stick out of frame, I you guys? Keep this going. Hashtag living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag set life. Hashtag set life. set life. I hate that. No, one. hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> set life. Love love the life you live. Hashtag actor's life. Hashtag go fuck yourself. God, exactly. I just like when people are like, oh man, I've had six meetings and an audition today. I'm like, who the fuck? Everyone's got fucking auditions and meetings. Like, you can't post that. That's not a thing. Who cares? That's like, I put on a sock and another sock. Like, good. You're wearing two socks. Like, hashtag crushing it. Hashtag just doing it, man. 
Should we just have a hashtag? Though? Everything we just say right please, now, no, we'll just confirm with a hashtag. Because no. hashtag good one. Because after a certain point, we're just like drunk uncles. Like I got your hashtag right over here. Hashtag pass me the turkey, idiot. Like okay, Uncle Doug, thanks. Hashtag are those my balls at looking at you? Hashtag hashtag. You don't know what you're doing anymore. I'm you can't... not wearing underpants. What? Yeah. Anytime they, when it gets to the point where they don't even know what the fuck they're saying, they're like, yeah, you know. So go ahead and hashtag that. You're like that. No, you don't have what? What yeah. are you saying at this? point? If you know what I mean, hashtag. Yeah, that's right. No, no, it's backwards. I do not. I do not know. <laughs> it's just a number sign if you put it after the word. I think this just trended, all these hashtags. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about What right if it now. did? What if hashtags started trending because this thing that hasn't aired yet? <laughs> we go live to tape, and then that tape goes on. And live to Bernie Sanders. Uh, but, but let's... Guys, can we just talk about the business for a second? Anyway, so you survived the kid thing, and your kids are older. And the funny thing, and, yeah. and not the funny thing, the good thing is, and you better do this because we are two mentors to you now. We both have, we both have coached our kids. Yeah. We both have been involved in the PTA. Uh-huh. Was is, yours voluntary or was yours accidental? I got, I got kind of bullied. I was no, going to say, accidental. is there a voluntary man yes, within there, the PTA organization? There, yes, there are certain. I mean, you can't. There no. Did you have more than one man? He's like a saint. They made I a had to find out of somebody. Him. I had to bring him in because so obviously you, I was the I was somebody? well yeah I was the yeah. boss man so I had to go try to wrangle right. a few. Mm-hmm. But you know at the end of the day, it's who was still your running always, mate? Huh? <laughs> who was your running mate when you ran for president? You mean by when we, by running for president? You mean everybody ran away from the line yeah. and I was lo- the only one standing Brian there? Brian didn't run for president as much as so he so, didn't run so away quick enough. Yeah. That they were like, oh, this idiot's still here. Another oh, candidate I, for I, president. I was told there'd be ice cream. Sure, right this way, buddy. When I started that school, there was battles for people who wanted for supremacy. It was amazing. Really? By the time it got to me, there it got to me because there was no battle for yeah. supremacy. No one wanted it. And, they, and they, they'll always tell you that's not true, Brian. No one wanted it they begged they they had to find somebody and like i like i was the the guy who's just kind of out there smelling the wind and hadn't left yeah. the campus yet and they're like go get go get that guy he yeah. seems about yeah, yeah he's, he's the one we want <laughs> he's, that's our target he hasn't left so we he must clearly promise of a bake sale <laughs> but yeah i mean there were like you know those classic scenarios where people were you know rigging the system and Is trying right? oh yeah it was amazing i loved it i that's thought that stuff awesome. was great yeah real frank underwood no, but it's not. No, not for me. I'm saying from the outside, I enjoyed all that chaos. Oh yeah, because it was all adult shit. It didn't affect the kids one iota. No. The kids had no. Man. Kids never know what the hell's. Oh, going you don't on. read it's the minutes to the meetings. Crazy comes the kids? to town too. Those yeah. people get a little nuts. Well, it's like you say. You coach little league. You must see a couple of oh, p- parents. parents? Yeah, out of their minds. They're, yeah, no, I'm still low because I teach my younger or coach my younger son who's only 11, so he's playing. In the, he'll go into five, six, fifth grade, sixth grade, and uh, and that's that's the turning point I found with my older son where Crazy Town starts to really. Yeah, where they're like, my kid might be a pro athlete, and you're yeah. like, what uh, kind of coach are scream- you? Uh, I'm, I'm. What if he was like abusive? Fu- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he just admits it. Uh, did you see Gardens of Stone? I like to hit the kids. <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, a Kevin Spacey military movie that took place no, was, in. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, Georgia. Rob, Robert Duvall. Some, uh, wait, am I, am I oh, thinking? No, I'm of, thinking of Full Metal Jacket. You're no, thinking, I'm thinking of Gardens of Stone. Wasn't that Robert Duvall? Uh, Gardens yeah. of Stone might have been. You're thinking of Grey Gardens. No, Grey Gardens <laughs> yeah, is about two old crazy women that. <laughs> Kevin Spacey How and some other old lady. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of coach I was. Grey Gardens, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Guys, put your shawls on. <laughs> what? Why, why do we have your shawls? Because we're How going many, sunning. We, do we just always just sit inside flowers, just or do we knit, ever play? Knit in the outfield. Yeah. It's cocktail. Um, so were you you were more of like a let's just go out there and enjoy. Because I'm a fun I'm a fun coach. Like I have it's really structured. I try to have a lot of games to keep them. In, I mean they're they're 10, 11 years old. Yeah, so yeah. their attention is you all can, over the you place. You can lose those guys oh, real fast. Yes. Yeah, especially in so, shiny baseball. birds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh God, there they well, go. 
<laughs> um, so I, I try to keep it, you know, moving, entertaining, but then, you know, and I'm, but I'm not a huge athlete. So like I can only take them up to a certain level. Like at some point they're going to need a coach who really has some baseball. Right, but, but even at this skill. level, are just, you, do you have batshit crazy coach in your league? The one that's like the hyper aggressive, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, no. he will actually yell at the kids oh, and absolutely. get their shit together. Oh, absolutely. No, not realizing that 95% of these kids will never move on to play baseball yeah. by the time yeah. they're 13 we years old. We got batshit crazy, but the good thing is that our league in Burbank, they do subdivisions. So like generally batshit crazy guy is competing with other batshit crazy guy. Okay. Ah. And ah. my guy who's like, our guy who are set the second of four divisions or whatever, we're a little bit more, everybody's having fun. Okay. It's a little softer. Yeah, but it's it's crazy, and you could have even the teams that have lost every game had nutty parents who oh, yeah. were fucking out of their minds. But Some of it's kind of entertaining. We have to, you have to be honest. But, if not, if you, but to me, not for the kids. Like to, that's no, just no, a no. Real if it's affecting the kids, that's bullshit. See adults behave. You know what I mean? It's just right. like it's, we had a basketball game where uh, mom was ejected. I mean, literally physically removed from the auditorium. And, and that, because she was being so abusive to the umpire, and the kid, the kid is. And what's the end game yeah. of that? Devastated. Which is hilarious. The kid there is, is no end game. The, kid, the kid's he, embarrassed. The kid he could be more like mortified. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be. His, his, he's either already a dick, right. or he's mortified that this is his. This is his life. This is the next seven years. And yeah, now his friends are like, uh, "No, we don't want to come over. Your mom is oh. a psycho." Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know. Um, all right, can we go back to talk about acting now? Get, yeah, get yeah, your, we, yeah. Your, that was a nice departure. Your kid jargon out of the way. Well, no, I was just you know no, 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 he's no, no, no. he's also a human being. I okay with fine. feelings. Yeah, wow. yeah. He's not just a and needs. He's not just a script reading robot, John. <laughs> That's what I. We got a guest. He's a script reading robot. <laughs> but no, I mean we can obviously you know in Chloe's probably wrap it up here soon. But like you know, I mean, well, I just wanted to because when I started seeing you on TV, yes. Uh, I probably did see those commercials you mentioned earlier, but I wouldn't really have any recollection of them. But when I started seeing you, I watched that 70s show in college. And that was, I think, I saw you then, and and I graduated in 98, so this was 97. You're bragging? Uh, young buck. Yeah, for yeah. real. Just a young stallion. And... uh and you were also those those commercials with you with the dog driving when yeah, you jumped into the lake were also running at the same time. It was a good commercial, but I was like, "Hey, in my head, like I honestly had no idea how Hollywood worked. I didn't hadn't made a commitment to come out here yet. I didn't know about getting into comedy or doing any of that. But I was like, good for that guy. One minute he's doing a commercial, and I want and, and in my head I'm like, they must have seen that commercial and been like, get that guy from the commercial and put him in that '70s show. And the next minute, like my favorite character was Red because he was on, yeah, he on was that so '70s show because he was Kerwin. such a fucking yeah. dad. He was so. And yeah. if you ever saw RoboCop, he's got the best ri- line in RoboCop where he's like, "Just give me my fucking phone call." But like <laughs> that guy being the dad was awesome, and like him just being. Like, just shitting on you like he, he just had the character had no respect for your character None. and you were just a complete and to his credit you were a the character was a buffoon you would make many many mistakes but i was like what a great career move for that guy because he got to go do that commercial and then be in that 70s show not realizing you'd already worked 10 years to get to where you're yeah but if, but i'm guessing you know where you got that mentality i remember they they would always talk about uh, mark Harmon had done a chorus commercial and then he ended up becoming like an actor and they made this big deal out of like more like a film actor i think he ended up in summer school or something like yeah, that after right, that yeah and then he went on to some other stuff and they would always go 
commercial because back then they would always it would, they always made it seem like if oh, you like did commercials sort of from yes like yeah. if you did commercials you were just a commercial actor you never right. went on to film and television right, right. there wasn't there was there that was mentality a little out there not only that the hierarchy was even even more strict where a commercial actors didn't do TV or the other way like a film actor wouldn't do TV and a TV actor wouldn't do commercials like there was all these little grades and then you and then you had industrials right. in there and you had all this so like everybody was got their little niche and like you in a hierarchy and well. And now there's just so much cross. Famously, DeVito, Danny DeVito called Jack Nicholson and was like, hey, they offered me this role in this show about a cab company. And Nicholson, they did One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest together. And he was like, you're going to do TV? You don't want to do TV, man. Don't do TV. TV is disgusting. Don't do TV. Your Nicholson's and, very De niro Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. You want to do a little bit of TV? That's Robert De Niro. Uh, I'm just getting warm. That's Pacino. All right, uh, here he goes. Um, but he was. But he said, you know, don't do it. And Devito was like, ah, and that's my Devito. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and he just did it, and was obviously the, the character Louis. It was like the greatest thing Devito yeah. did. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, well, and again, I, I don't remember when things started changing where it no longer mattered. When if you were a commercial, if you did two, you know, but there was a whole overexposure thing too, right? Like, oh, is he, that guy's done right. fifteen commercials. No one's ever going to believe him as this role in this TV right, show, right. or oh, that guy's done two series on TV. He can't translate into film. No one's ever going to buy it. That was the whole mentality, right? Yeah, also, yeah. of the no one's ever going to buy you as I that never person. Buy you. One of my less proud moments is when Joel McHale came over to ask me if I thought he should do Talk Soup, and I said no. I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> I'm not joking. No, no, no. Yeah, everybody yeah. has that. Everybody I, has I that told, moment. Fucking idiot. I told Andy Samberg to stop writing <clears throat> writing sketches at uh, Jerry's Deli at one in the morning and to live his life <laughs> on a Friday night as I was all hammered. And then, like, then I was working the Creative Arts Emmys when he won an Emmy for Dick in the Box. I was right. like, well, you know, I guess you didn't follow my advice. But yep. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. I, I publicly announced that the internet was stupid. So I think I've got everybody. My dad on thought this Elvis corner. was a flash in the pan. <laughs> Guys, we've all made mistakes. <laughs> But I want, but I do quickly want to ask you because I, you know, I saw that '70s show, and and I'm sure that opened a couple of doors. But what is your relationship with John Lear? And because I then saw you on Ten Items or Less, and right. I was like, oh, and I cannot for the life of me figure out how that show didn't last yeah. because it was so funny. Well, it did, but now it's called Superstore. Exactly. Which guys? I'll be playing a part of Dean, a guy buying a gun on Superstore next week. Oh, really? Is that right? I got it just a, like a yeah, one. But, one it is, but it is full. It is fully scripted, right? Superstore yeah, is fully scripted. Yes. Yeah, so it's a totally different. So, show. John, but that's what I want to also touch on is that there was so much improv that you guys dealt with in Ten Hundred or Less, yeah. and so you're and going to prison and. What was the prison? Uh, what it was jailbait. Jailbait. Yeah. And then, um, and then quick draw now. Quick draw now on Hulu, which is yeah, yeah. is not uh, currently in production anymore. But is the fan base is really they're pretty rabid. They're, yeah, they're pretty rabid, and it's yeah. it's it's funny. a funny show. I mean, and that's a show that there really was nothing like it on TV. And no, still is nothing. It's like a it. it's, it's a, a comedic western. It's a comedic Deadwood. <laughs> yeah, it's a comedic and. and it's really funny. I, mean, I think it's, I think it's great, and I loved shooting that because I loved the imp, the imp, improv nature of the thing. I mean, they would beat out the stories, so we knew kind of what had to happen in the scene, but there was no dialogue yeah. written. Okay, so, so they we give just, you like we need to get to this point, and right? To this we point. need this. These three pieces of information need to come out during the course of the scene. But other than that, let's go. At it. Let's yeah, at it. but see, you need somebody like John who is an absolute train. I'm a very reactive improviser. Like you need somebody who's driving. The train, and so the rest of us can bounce around. If you and we've all seen bad improv where you have two people, Oof. either two drivers, and it yeah. just becomes a big, 
kind of shit show. Jer- jerk off yeah. mess, right? Yes, and, yeah. Or you have people who aren't leading and they're just kind of meandering and, not, and there's no real point. So thank God for somebody like John who in all those shows the rest of us could kind of like satellite around him. Yeah, because I, you know, and I mean, ten, I'm, when 10 times or less happened, was that a big deal for you? Was that... No, I thought it was. It wasn't. In fact, I was kind of a dick about it because they did the pilot, and I didn't. And I thought I was having a lot of other notice from other shows, and things were happening. And this was like a kind of a sketchy improv. So you've never done anything like that with that much improv for a TV? Not on on TV. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, you know what? I'm not sure. They they wanted to then. Uh, do uh, like a couple, I think, episodes, and I said, "No, I think uh, I think I'm out, guys." And they recast Brian Posehn in my role. Fucking hilarious! I was um, just gonna say between you and Brian Posehn, I, <coughs> I was afraid I would never get any parts. But yeah, and then and then and then when it got picked up to go to series, they came back and said, "Would you?" Because I don't think Brian was real happy. I don't know if he loved it or whatever, or they didn't get along with him as well. But then they said, "Now will you step back in?" Because we've got we know we're doing a full season we've got a 13 order or whatever and I said okay now I'll do it I was really kind of a Hollywood dick then wow wow. <laughs> that, was, that was my biggest dick move but but and, and and again it worked out because they came back to you and you went back and did it yeah. and, that, and yeah. I mean I, I don't know I don't know if it was career changing for you but I would say that it was okay. it was one of my it was that and Quick Draw have been two dream jobs because they've just been so much fun to shoot and you feel yeah. so valued for what you're bringing to the table Everybody's in it together. Nobody was a, nobody was awful to work with. Just good personalities. Right. And I think the the downside is when you do a show like that is we would do the, all this ridiculously funny stuff, but then you have they to edit it. We got twenty two minutes, and yeah. so you just ha- you lost ninety percent of really killer material. You, we did you, that one bit. Well, there was no place for it because it didn't lead us into the next. Do you try to remember that, or at least maybe write them down and, and work them? Because. I no, I didn't. Just, I kind of regrettably, but I would watch because we'd watch the episodes, you know, ten months later. Yeah, and go, what yeah. happened to the thing we did with the turkey? That was great, right? <laughs> well, it didn't fit because there's no yeah, turkey in the scene no, before and, it, and no, and a bunch of you know groups complained about. Yeah. It. <laughs> it was a live turkey. We got in a lot of trouble. Uh, let's never I, mention the turkey incident again. Speaking of that show, I always believe that those shows they uh, were victims of the circumstance of TBS just hadn't quite figured out who, who they were, who, who it was. Yeah. They kept having a, a regime change over. Yeah. They, they, they're still end. doing up, but they're going well, continually in a way, the remarketing same thing themselves. With Hulu. Like Hulu was, Hulu was really the cutting edge, and that's why they did Quick Draw, and they, it was a really good fit for them because they were the anti, like they were the the, the Netflix alternative. You know? Yeah, this is the stuff that other people aren't doing, right? And then they decided, no, we're going to be a competitor, and so we're going to get rid of some of these more edgy. Um, Shows and go from you know more st- more celebrity driven or star driven yeah and stuff like but that. to me I mean and, and I again I don't know the budget or anything but a show like Quick Draw my guess is they found that area to shoot it and with the location costs and everybody kind of being friends and and doing like I, I to me it just seems like a less expensive show to even make. I hope they regret the decision because I think yeah. it was a, I think it was a great show. Yeah, I mean, it really was. Yeah. It was a great show. And We're going to call them it, afterwards it and ask them. <laughs> we'll Please send them an email. The, probably call the Hulu. Yeah, we'll call the Hulus after we watch the Packers. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, but uh, yeah. that's called a callback, my friends. Yeah, <laughs> follow um, along, everybody. I was going to ask you, but it seems like you kind of touched on a few of them. But some of your most favorite um, uh, things to be a part of over the years, if you were to look back, people say, "Tell me a few of the things you were like, love it." So glad I was a part of that. But, so glad I was a part of that. But Go before ahead. you, because I, I yeah, want to hear yeah, that yeah. question too. But before that, like, because ten items or less, you were hired. You knew your part. You're hired for, uh, you know, you knew your part going into Quick Draw. 
Did you know how big your role was going to become in Cougar Town? No, I was hired for one episode. I was going to say, you yeah. pop in. I was like, oh my God, I yeah. fucking love this dude. And then you started just popping in and popping in. And Man, I was like, man, I was like oh guy. my, no. <laughs> then I was like, um, I don't love him as much anymore. No, no I, was, I was ecstatic, man. I they, thought it was great. Uh, yeah, that was one episode. But then there's another good lesson because that was, you know, that's a Bill Lawrence show. Yeah. And I had met Bill doing uh, Scrubs. And I did like uh, somewhere between maybe six, 12 episodes of Scrubs. And Bill's and wife is the. Uh, she's in Cougar Town, yeah. Krista Miller. Yeah, and um, and I so I love and Scrubs was another dream job because just because of the writing because every it's time really I went funny. I was like oh my god I can't believe I get to say this amazing <laughs> yeah um, and then uh, so and he's one of those guys who I think like a Christopher Guest like a bunch of those people who are super loyal to people that they like to work with like Great. if you're not a dick and you can and function well with others he will use you over and he and over finds again. you funny and he, he fi- likes what you he, do he likes what you do then, and sure enough you know then I showed up on Undateable and um, uh, and then this last one uh, and then Cougar, Cougar Town before that there's something in between there they had a TBS he had a TBS show um, with uh, Briga Heelan uh, her um, eh, doesn't matter wasn't Steve Byrne's show was it no no but John McGinley was in it Oh, uh, top floor. Yes. Was it bottom top floor. floor. Bottom floor. Pop, bottom. Top. Bo- it was top or bottom? Top. Top. Bottom. From well, the top really, to the. Hell, oh, wait, it's a to real the... Giuliani show. <laughs> uh, ground floor. Ground floor. Thank Correct. you. Yeah. Um, uh, I, now I got sidetracked. What was it? Um, oh, so dream jobs. Yeah, certainly the uh, ten items or less and quick draw because of the way we shot. And I just loved. You feel like a regular. You're working every day. You're showing up at six. You're getting funny shit done. Yeah, I love Scrubs because of the writing and just um, uh, that whole. And you knew you were part of a really yeah that like show ran something a special. Time. That show was an extraordinary show. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I put that up kind of there with Arrested Development in terms of being one of the better comedies yeah. in terms of. Just the, the writing itself, you know. So you knew you were part of something great, and I thought Zach was amazing, and Donald, and all those guys. Um, and then I loved, I loved Cougar Town because even though I would watch episodes, and go, ah, I wish you know that didn't seem as funny as I thought it was on the page, right. or tonally, I wish I was different and stuff like that. I just loved the working environment. I loved all the people that were there, the cast and crew, and it was just fun going to work every day. I love the dude good, from good John work. from Cincinnati, the guy who played... Oh, uh, Brian, yeah. He's dude, great. He, he's great. I assume he Ian is... Ian Gomez the, also is one of the funniest people in the world. They're oh, all funny. Yeah. Josh Hopkins is one of the yeah. funniest men you'll ever meet. Yeah. yeah. yeah but that's Brian's awesome. great. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's nice to hear. Um, so, yeah. So, I... And I'm... There are all the like, little guest star things. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the commercials I've shot, like, because of the, the way they're set up. Um, I don't like the three-headed monster between the ad agency, the client, mm-hmm. and the director in terms of co- collaborating, feeling like you're getting something. It gets weird. I it mean, gets as weird an actor, and, you just watch them fight, and then you're like, "Who? what well, do I do? Do you want me to do the thing you said or do the th- other thing? Like, my experience has also been like you generally have the director kind of being liaison. So like you do it, he comes up to you, goes, okay, let me check, and he runs back to the video village and checks on what their response is, and you see a lot of head movements, and then he comes back, and you kind of have to, I have to reinterpret what his piece of direction is. Like, we love what you're doing. We love, yeah. we love the deadpan. <laughs> we just need it happier. Yeah. So let's- I got that piece of direction once. <laughs> we, we love the deadpan, but we need it happier. Uh-huh. Are you, have you seen the not, definition of the word deadpan? Not sure how that works. I don't. Yeah. But that is because there was art by committee in the video village. You had eight people all throwing in their ideas, and they're all and idiots. That, yeah, they kind of are. And I feel, and I find it very 
not always conducive to creating the best work no. ultimately. You know? And, and you know, you, you, you get know through it because like, you know what the gig is. But yeah, if, if a director and you really get along, you and you guys lay down really funny yeah. things, then they come back and they're like, "Ooh, that's good," but um, and then you're like, "Okay, yeah, you don't understand comedy. You don't want this to be funny." And this is I, how I had we're an awesome now. commercial director confide to me one time that he said, "He says, look, you're one of my favorite people to work with, but I generally put you as my second choice because they want to axe the first choice." Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they, like, they need. What a fucking to, game. They need to. Those people, they look around on a set and they're like, Jesus, everybody's working. Everybody's doing something. If I don't co- commit, if I don't say two things, if I don't put out my two cents, if I don't. Dispensable. Yeah, then, then yeah. why am I here? And the answer is, you don't need to be there. Do you? Now, I, I'm not. You guys are obviously way more familiar with the commercial world as far as that stuff goes. Was it always like that, or do you think that it has become more of a monster, which is why most commercials are so vanilla and so bland and unoriginal and not that exciting anymore? Because there was a time where you people would talk about commercials. Like certain commercials really... Who cared about the product per se, but people right. talked about the commercials and they loved it and it and it meant something. People don't even talk now, about Super Bowl commercials anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm just curious if what you're talking about has become a bigger monster or if it was always there. I I personally think that from my experience, it has always been a monster because the the level of money that's being invested in this and and um, furthermore. It's supposed to serve several purposes. Their their primary purpose is to sell product. Correct. So being um, interesting creatively is not necessarily always the choice that they're going to end Correct. up making. Right. So, right. And that's always been the case. So that's been the case when we were doing soap commercials in the 70s and you still had very intrusive ad agency people and you had very um, pr- proprietary clientele and you had a director. So I think that that kind of clusterfuck of... Um, who's in charge of the, who's running the ship too has many, always been too there. many cooks okay. why, why it's gone the direction it's gone now I th- I think possibly part of the problem is that there's so many there's a ton of non-union stuff that's being shot there's this ton of stuff that's like um, you know they well how do we get it to go viral what do we do it just becomes uh, I'm not sure it's as, how many likes can we get how many likes can we get like uh, I'm not, not sure commercially people have figured out what what they're what path we're on. Okay. Yeah. And, and that can interfere with some of the creativity because you're trying to pigeonhole it into a certain, you're trying to force it. I'm sorry, not a pigeonhole. You're trying to force it down a path. Yeah. And I think that that, that ultimately, I used to work in the, in the music business and I, and one of the, one of the bands that I, that I managed, he was, he would always be paying attention to what was going on in the industry at the time and, and, and continue to change the voice of the band. And I'm like, you can't do that, man. You can't be chasing the dragon. Right. You're going to end up with nothing. Is it, it at all possible that it has anything to do with also, cause now we're very much in love with personalities. Like we'll, um, we let's get McGee to direct it. Right. Now McGee's not. <laughs> A commercial now. I know some of his commercials are great, right? Uh, or <clears throat> or Pitka or somebody like that. But like, there's a uh, an adoration of personality. The cult, yeah. there's a cult, a cult of personality now. <clears throat> yeah. that maybe we're bringing in people who aren't. That's not their. Yeah, know, I'm completely shooting from the hip. It's here. just it just it just kind of bums me out because the, you know the Super Bowl commercials used to be, matter. I used yeah. to, oh, using that as an example because you brought it up earlier, and I yeah. just kind of feel like meh. I mean, look, I'm happy with if I know anyone who gets a Super Bowl commercial because but that's a different reason for being excited, right? But I mean, I haven't, I haven't gone like, oh man, like that was a great commercial. Got me. I I know there has been a a long time where somebody you got me. You know, you got me on that one. I wasn't expecting. I didn't see that coming. And now, now companies are just taking the easy way. 
Now Doritos is like, hey, you guys, you guys make, make a Super Bowl <laughs> ad. And I if, hate uh, that. I hate and if that. You guys, That's kind of unfair, right? If we like it, we'll it. put it I on. Really, really That's like when you go into an audition and they're like, hey, no dialogue, but we want you to talk a lot and just, you know, if you, the but funnier have, you can have be. Have fun with it. Yeah, but have fun. Yeah. Uh, and we're, I'm not like, te- we're not telling you to improvise because we know that's against the rules. But have fun. With yeah. It. So that's that's the those, that's the catchphrase. Feel free to say Make whatever you want, own. and Make then you like own. you don't get the callback, and you're like, oh yeah, I wonder if any of my lines made the commercial. Like, well, that was why that whole rule, that whole sag rule, came into effect because people started seeing their own shit in commercials. That I mean, you just got a writer in the back of the room going, "Yep, I like yep, that. I, I like that. Funny. That was <laughs> great." Yeah. What are you gonna do about that stuff? But yeah, I was just curious when you guys were talking about that stuff. But it seems like so. Did you um, in, in you in film? Was there anything film wise that you were uh, you were ever excited about getting? Uh, L.A. Confidential was oh, really okay because cool. yeah. I because I knew that there was um, that that was going to be a big a big hitter. Yeah, and there was a lot of unknown people. Like I don't think Russell Crowe was particularly well known then. He was still um, liked. He was. Like, <laughs> he was. He so was, was early. Lesser known and this still early, liked. Early. Yeah. Um, Guy Pierce, I think, was fairly. Kim Basinger, I think, was the head. Was the yeah? She was name. the big name. Yeah, the name. and obviously everybody knows Kevin Spacey was in there. Yeah, you know Spacey, I mean? like, Danny DeVito. I mean, it was, it was and really crazy. Was cat. L.A. Confidential mm-hmm. wasn't before Usual Suspects. No, it was after. It was after. It okay. was after. Yeah. Okay. Ninety five. Because that's where that's where everyone was like Kevin Spacey can act like when they saw Usual Suspects. And then they went and saw Swim, Swimming with Sharks, which everybody needs to watch. If yeah. You're in this industry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also the what's the movie where he eats uh, produce from outer space? I don't know. He's, so, like, he's like, your produce alone is worth the journey. So that was good. Only because, <laughs> <laughs> is that really true? I'm yeah. going to look it up when I get it. Yeah, there's, there's some Kevin Spacey um, movie where he's in, from outer so space. I, you knew from the script and just the level of people that were getting involved that that was going to be like, oh, this is going to be like one of, this, this is going to be an Oscar film. And it was. Yeah, yeah. And I had a tiny little role. I mean, I had a tiny little part of it, but it was but really still, cool. But still, I mean, and that's. I was like, um, I feel like I'm uh, part of something that's kind of cool. That's going to be. Did you go to the Oscars? Remember. No. 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 No, Did you take any selfies? They didn't need reporter number one at the Oscars. <laughs> no selfies. <laughs> no selfie. I took. Yeah, yeah. No hashtag set life <laughs> stuff. Were no. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> God. And then people post scripts too. You seen that? Like no. just the covers of a script. Like so, this is happening. Uh-oh, like what? Right. Someone wrote a script. Like or you're going to be in this thing, and this is your way of. I'm guilty. I'm not going to make fun of that because I, I haven't done the script one, but I am I've guilty of doing the dressing room door one. Some of it's which is, okay. Which is kind of, that's kind of tooly too. But to me, the, the script though, to me, I'm just like, you know, they don't want you posting pictures of that. I was going to say, the right. difference is, what is your involvement in the picture that you are, or are you upselling way pa- Like, here's the thing. I am not one of those guys that disrespects a background artist at all. Right. But I know what's going on when I, because I've got a lot of friends that do it, and I know what they're doing. Yep. They are they are upping what they're doing to a level that does that's not it's reality. Not it's not, not even close to reality. So that kind of stuff, yes, it's like don't show a script if you're actually not reading anything in the script. Okay, <laughs> well, right. But right. even like even like, you know, I I wait till it's done. Wait till it's out. Like the Angel from Hell thing, I didn't like. Pu- I I promoted after the fact, like when I knew it was gonna. Was air, it the Jane like, Lynch thing? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I want that was really good. Yeah, yeah. It was a funny show, right? Who they, were you? I played. Uh, <laughs> Who are you? Uh, no, uh, School Bus. I was like a um, mother. I read for School Bus. I. You were. You're a better choice. Well, the <laughs> in the in this this is in the support group. You're making John's yeah, day, just well, so you know. Yeah, the Seriously. support group. But then they brought me back for another episode where they actually had me driving a school bus, which they had to take out from the first script because. I had said they had said I wasn't a school bus driver. I had jaundice, and then they were like, "Well, we yeah. need to he needs yeah, yeah, yeah. to take that out, even though it's funny because he's going to have him drive a school bus." So like they worked, I, with which me. is why I was probably called in because I looked like I could have jaundice. <laughs> 
and they ended up going with you. But you're, I'm the, telling better, you, you're the better choice. I was in there. John Farley was in there. Yeah, there were like, a lot of good people. Like there were a lot of there, people. I, and, and Deborah Wilson was in there for the... Yeah. For the it was like... Posehn probably, probably was there at some point. That's my whole theory. Is like I'm like, that was... When I started to see John Farley a lot, I was like, okay, I'm, this is, I'm at least on the right path. Like I'm, I'm yeah. going to, to auditions that are like... That they might be smaller or one-liner, but you know... John's a funny dude, and he can make shit funny. Like, oh, yeah. you just, if oh, you yeah. just make these parts funny, and the weird thing about the school bus thing is, I honestly don't feel I did anything. Like, I just showed up and I said lines. I didn't. I don't feel like I was acting. And like, and they were like, "That was great." And I was like, "Oh, maybe he's supposed to be an idiot." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was a little bit like the superstore thing. I at least made some choices in the audition. It right. was like, <laughs> like, all right, I'm doing this. But, um, but yeah. So, what was I? Oh, but see, oh, I dude, waited till awesome. that aired. Or, or was going to air to say, hey, I wasn't like... Before you hashtag yeah, blessed it. I wasn't, hey, you know, I wasn't taking like Jane Lynch getting makeup and me and like, oh, I meant that, well, me and my friend Jane Lynch are hanging out. Like, <laughs> I just, it was, you know, it, 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 there's a difference between promoting yourself and just bragging. Being a dick. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I think it, there's, there, it is a fine line and it's hard to, you know, maybe I'm guilty of it sometimes, I don't know, but... But I try to be less, um, you know, just because I, I understand, like, everyone out here is, like, trying. You know what I mean? We're all struggling, and it's all hard. And even when you have a career that's as, as prominent as yours right now, you, like you said, you still want more. You still like, sure. why can't I get the bigger role? Why can't I get this? So it's like rubbing it in people's faces That's or making thing. it. Be respectful for also where you. We're all in different places, and we're all gonna. It's just as easy to fall down the ladder as to go to go yeah. up. I had to, you know, unfriend a guy because every day it was like. Uh, trying to get from this wardrobe fitting to a voiceover session. Oh, uh, traffic. I'm like, you <laughs> fucking, like you're doing such a jackass yeah. right now. It, 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 that's like the people that are like, hey, visiting Amsterdam. What is there to do here? Like, hey, asshole, if you can't figure out what to do in Amsterdam, get offline. Just and, if stop. Your, and if your best recourse is to ask your Facebook friends in the States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You're I, doing it wrong. Or even when people go to, I'm going to NYC. Anybody know what I should do there? I always wanted to be like, yeah, get a cab and a slice and shut up. Like, what are you talking about? Can't figure out what to do in New York? What do I do? Facebook, tell me. No, you just want to say that you're going to New York. And then this is your it. way just of doing it. Yeah, then just, you know what? I'm going to New York, everybody. I would appreciate that more how, than like... How do you feel about the um, the photo out the plane window? Where do you come down on that? I, I just... How many of these well, do I have to see? I will. A, I will. I mean, it's a picture of clouds. And can I ask you a question? Like. We've all sat yeah. at the window seat of a plane. Uh, no, and- sure. but let me answer. Can I answer the question with a question? Yes. Have we found the monster on the wing yet? Because I think that's where the There's pictures are from. On the wing of the plane, a man, something. So maybe that's what this is about. It, eventually, the monster will show up in the picture, and you'll be like, "Now I know why all those photos." Yeah. What if were there? the monster Does was a baby that, that William Shatner? No, because that's a really good William Shatner, super obscure reference, and. Uh, I think most people know John the monster Lithgow. on the wing, even if, right? I mean, it's I think if you're over though. 40. You know it. Well, yeah. Okay, so no one. Actually, I you're just right, realized. No, no. I just, sorry. <laughs> but I'm saying, what if the monster now is a combination of Lithgow and um, uh, Shatner's baby? Because oh. Shatner was in the Twilight Zone and Lithgow was in the, yeah. the movie. That's exactly right. <laughs> and we don't know who played the monster. No, he was so little. Don't. He was so little. He was angry. Maybe it was, um, <laughs> maybe it was, uh, the guy who does the golem. Okay, here's a weirder reference. How about uh, Trilogy of Terror with Karen Black? That's too old for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Do you remember I, that? She had a little, I remember Karen little, Black was naked in Playboy. 
She was hot. Is she, that, she had a little okay. doll that she ended up uh, bringing back from like her trip to Borneo, and it ah, came alive. Evil. It was a it was a TV movie of the week kind of thing. I remember. I, I do kind of remember what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, but this is because I got ten years on you at least, and I remember because I was probably sixteen, being left alone. Parents went out. I'm babysitting my little brother, and Trilogy of Terror comes on, and holy fuck, that did a number on me. Scared. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. Have your kids gotten that? a couple? Two things I want to bring this up because my wife maybe turned something off last night. We were in bed, and I turned on a show. And uh, she goes, is this a scary show? And I go, yeah. She's like, turn it off. And she's like, I'm going to bed. I don't need this crap when I'm going to bed. You're not wrecking my night. And I was like, right. oh, okay. I'm going to find a stupid, soft yeah. thing. It's Golden Girls, baby. But the reason Works why I bring that time. up is because my kids haven't gotten to the point where they're allowed to watch the scary shit. Because like, I remember the first movie that I saw that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And that changed my perspective about walking around the house. And everything that I did after that, once I saw that movie that scared me, the thing have you Kurt gone Russell. through that with your kids yet where they finally have been exposed to that? Or do they we pretend like they're not super scared? super early with Nemo because they found that fucking <laughs> I wasn't bar- expecting Nemo <laughs> yeah. to you know, be the movie. Do you remember the, um, the whale and the barracuda? Barracuda was in the very beginning, and it was that dark presence that just shows up, and it it is it's scary. I mean, if you're four, it's really scary. Yeah, and we and we had to fast forward past the barracuda all the time. Um, but yeah, they're now and now they're getting into more um, thriller stuff. They're not really into the horror at all. So now our kids are, but it's it's mod, it's moderating the language and kind of violence that uh, we're seeing in some of the PG 13s Yeah, I just I think that every generation needs their phone call that I'm, he's in the house. They everybody the call needs is that coming from inside. The call the is house. coming from inside the house. He's every a, he's every childhood an old needs their hockey mask too. <laughs> but don't you think every every generation needs that? That movie I moment agree. that scares the shit out of you for living inside your own house. Poltergeist. So, uh, and Paranormal Activity did some of that, scared some people when that came out. Yeah. Of thinking, okay, I can get dragged out of bed by nothing. The closest I can come, just on a personal level, to the don't watch scary stuff before going to bed is I know that there's going to be no sexy time uh, <laughs> on, a ga- on a Game of Thrones night. Ah. My wife is not into that. Not into Game of Thrones? No, she's very into Game of Thrones, but she's, she's not into sexy time after, after Game of Thrones. After Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> There's yeah. a lot, a lot of butt raping. Yeah, there's and, a lot of, uh, and child killing. There's a lot of doesn't really stuff <laughs> that doesn't necessarily doesn't, turn on the ladies. I haven't watched it yet. See, my much. wife asked me if we should watch oh, that show together. Alert, there's now, a lot so. of butt raping and kid killing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Game of Thrones. What kind of what kind of game? Kind of game? A game is? Am I winning? <laughs> Apparently, of butt thrones. <laughs> No, I can see. Hashtag. Like, for a second, Game of Thrones will get, like, horny. And you'll be like, ooh, this is sexy. And then you'll be like, wait, they're brother and sister? I'm out. It's true. There's a ton (laughs) of nudity. There's a lot of good-looking people. So you think it it could be heading in a direction. No, but then you're right. But see, don't you think that if you're not super good-looking, there's a better chance that they're never going to ask you to do all that uncomfortable acting kind of stuff? Well, it just doesn't. Here's the deal. That's that's kind of a good thing, right? For me, I think, when when, when I finally get those questions, if they're asking me, it's because... Hey, we need your weird flabby body to be next to somebody else. And are you cool being shirtless or showing your butt or having your small? <laughs> you're a wacky camera? character. I was gonna say you're a wacky character. You probably got a small penis, right? Can so we use your small penis as a joke in this? Use, it's going to just be a real hilarious cut. We're going to cut to it real close yeah. up, and then just a real quick. Pop. <laughs> it's a real, real quick. Well, and keep you know, it on there one two minutes. One two minutes. What made Seems me think excessive. about that? You know, we always talk about you know character actors and, mm-hmm. and they're and they're picking I have you a character for a penis. <laughs> I always thought about that in The Hangover with Dr. Ken about the whole little penis thing. And I was like, now, granted, I'm sure it's a prosthetic and all that stuff. But like, it's like it had to come up in a conversation. It had to be discussed. And I'm sure he obviously he was game for it and went through the whole thing. But that's like 
Hey, we're gonna make fun men, of your little men, tiny cock, men fella. Are, men are funny because, like, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate. If, look, if you want me to be shirtless or pantless or whatever, and you're making fun of just the way I'm built or the yeah. way I look, I got no problem with that. If the, it seriously, but we, we want to talk about how small your dick is. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Uh, uh, no, that that seems because then you feel next audition you go and you're that. like, oh hey yeah, Bob, the small dick guy. All right, yeah yeah no no, just slide <laughs> into the camera. You willing so to show funny. your small dick? Ego. No, no, you're not. Okay, uh, ego, ego, yeah. <laughs> Well, the good thing is you're getting married. We've we've we're, we're, there. we're that's the good so, thing. That's the good thing. We're so past it. So if you if you do start getting taunted for your little penis, you're like, you know what? It's it's got a place. Do you think it's got a place in this world? Do you think Just in join the, the PTA? In the por- <laughs> do you think in the porn world there's like character penises? Like, hey, you got a wacky penis. You're not going to have any of the sex, but you can be over here showing do it off and wearing a fun hat. Bring her. Do I think? <laughs> do I think, or is that my alter ego? I don't. I'm trying to think of what porno name you would have, but. Clown car penis. What if it was just Bob, Bob, Auss, Aussie Bob? Bendy? Bendy. Bendy. Bendy, like Bendy? Banano. Uh, thank you very much for doing the show. This that has was, been awesome. Yeah, it was this a lot of fun. It was a hard show fun. to get on, so I was really delighted. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard, right? Your agent was like, Bob, we got a deal for you. No money, and you get to go to a basement in Eagle Rock. This was a guest appearance. I don't know if we're going to I don't know if we're able to argue on this show. Um, I don't know if we can make you a show regular, but... Um, He's know, like, I don't want that. I don't want to be a show regular. <laughs> Bob, we need you to come back in next month. Like, no, 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 not every week. I think you guys misunderstood about how I get involved in things. Well, what do, do you occasionally need? Like, uh, um, uh, jugglers, g- yeah. G- uh, guest host, like, if you're doing a small penis gig, right? Do you, and, you could come and you're in. You could, you want a guest host, or maybe we could just do. You could call us from set and like talk about how blessed you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just. Say, and now set life. Hashtag phone with call. Bob. He's so blessed. <laughs> Hashtag break your legs. You mean break a leg? No, no, no. Break your legs. <laughs> this has been delightful. Yeah, really seriously. Thank, thank, you thank you very much. much. Yeah, we appreciate it. A lot of fun. Uh, anything coming up that you want to promote? Oh, I, got, I got nothing. I did get blown in a uh, web, in a web series yesterday, which is a very oh, first for me. Check out Bob getting blown in a web series. Yep. Uh, I'll keep you posted. Okay, that's good. <laughs> And um, you know, I'm glad I could bring you back to a neighborhood that brings back bad memories. Thank you so very I really, much. I I'm glad that. I could. Everything about this has been good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, thank you. Great show, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe 